Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 28th of April. Gosh, it's cold out there today. It really is. It's, it's noticeably, you know, if the snow came down today or over the weekend, I wouldn't be at all surprised because it could settle. Mind you, if we get rain, it's not going to settle and it just turns into slush. Uh, the wrap for the two white nursery. Yes, they've got too many white children. I don't know really where they're supposed to find people from. The hospital's braced for five days of A&E chaos. Uh, Diver Tom's Olympic Cosy. It's very small. It's like watching sort of Australian sort of people who prance about on the beach saving people. They wear cosies are a little bit too small. This is very tiny. Uh, The traffic bulletins, they say, which could cause road accidents. Hilarious new evidence. And Faulty Towers, that icon of British comedy, they've pulled it down. The hotel they used is rubble. And also the care staff who tormented a grandmother at the age of 84. We'll name and shame on this programme this morning. Uh, The lying politics graduate jailed for trying to dodge a speeding fine. She'll be named and shamed. And the stranded mum. She's on a cruise ship. She's with the kids. Uh, Wouldn't be my kind of place at all. Uh, Because I like a nice, quiet cruise ship. I don't want kids running up and down all the time. Anyway, uh, she goes off shopping. The kids are on board the ship playing around. They want to go shopping with mum. And she fails to make it back to the ship in time. So the ship sails off. Stupid woman. Stupid woman. It says quite clearly on your boarding cards that you've got to be back on the ship 30 minutes before it sails. Why should everybody have to sit there waiting for you to troll back on again? Uh, Bad news. If you're a cat lover, put your fingers in your ears. Okay, start doing la-las because they found another two dead cats. This is getting out of hand. This is something like 150 cats now that have been that have been beheaded by somebody. This is a really sick person. I mean, I think this is actually beyond sick, isn't it? I can't, can't think of anything sicker than that. Katie Price has infuriated animal lovers, uh, trying to launch her dreary little going-nowhere programme, which nobody will be watching, and uh, so she's now painted her horse pink, you know, which uh, even the animal looked a bit distressed by the whole thing, and then she brings on the husband. That's the one who slept with two of her best friends, by the way. And uh, she dressed him up in sequins. Poor little sap, honestly. Can't be long for this world, can he, really? Also, the pet's being dumped... Because they're too demanding. It's the, the victim of the celebrity craze for handbag dogs. It really gets my goat. Really gets my goat. Uh, the upside-down pianist apparently has been telling porcupines. The rare Chinese vase picked up for 12 quid, sold for nearly a million. And uh, Philip Green's publicity gets worse and worse and worse. I don't see a happy ending in sight on this one. Uh, also, the farmer who sprays manure at Lovey Emma. And uh, the Abfab film which we're looking forward to. Seems to have everybody in it. Just about everybody is in it. I'm not in it, but, you know, kind of everything can you in life, I suppose. And so then, this morning, I turn to the papers and I look through, and there's three people in Thailand. Mother, 60, father and son. And they're all unconscious on the ground. They've been beaten to within an inch of their lives by a Thai gang. And now... You know, from bitter experience, the Thai police are worse than useless. Uh, I've pointed out before, you've got to be very careful when you go to Thailand, because not only are there gangs roaming around, but the ladyboys, there are gangs of ladyboys who go around mugging tourists. Unfortunately for you, the police are on their side. They exposed it on the programme a while ago, where the uh, the police go, oh, foreigners, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's getting to that stage where nobody's going to be going to Thailand anymore. It's too dangerous. And then I get back the other day... To Waterloo Station. I love Waterloo Station. I enjoy people watching. And what are they promoting? The Philippines. And you know all I thought? Didn't they just find a Canadian who'd been beheaded in the Philippines by a gang over there? 
And that, that made the papers the other day. And uh, it was a, a Philippine group who, uh, they had a hostage. In fact, they've got quite a number of hostages. And uh, this man was found beheaded. And I remember thinking, maybe not such a good time to start promoting. Uh, this was uh, John Ridsell in the Philippines. And he was described as kind and gregarious. He was beheaded by an Islamist militant group, Abu Sayyaf, which took him hostage along with three others in uh, September. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely dreadful. I forget where they actually found uh, part of him, but it, it's just, you know, why would you want to go out there? I mean, uh, seriously, it's just cold-blooded murder. Even the Canadian Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, said that his death was an act of cold-blooded murder and responsibility rests squarely with the terrorist group who took him hostage. They couldn't give a toss. They actually couldn't. But uh, there'll be no let-up, the Philippine security forces have said. Well, let's wait and see, shall we? They're not very good at doing things like this. And they're going to uh, to try and uh, sort it all out. This was on Samal Island, which is part of the Philippines. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's just dreadful. He was among four people abducted in September. I just don't, I can't get my head around it, as they say. Sorry to use that terminology. But you just sort of think to yourself, why would these people want to do that? He didn't do any harm to them. But it's just sick people, sick in the head. Sick in the head they are, that's what they are. The Foreign Minister said, oh, this is also, we, we've had problems here as well, haven't we? Uh, also, Maritas Floor has uh, also been taken hostage, and I don't know what's happened to her. We're just sort of waiting. It's, it's dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Uh, so, sorry to bring you bad news at the beginning of the programme, but I kept thinking, as I was walking through Waterloo Station, come and visit the Philippines, I'm thinking, I think not. I think not, thank you very much indeed, until that's all sorted out. There's loads of places you don't want to go to anymore, isn't it? You're just as safe to stay in and shut the doors. Stay in and sort of go, you know, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm not surprised people go, I think we'll leave the country. We're going to live somewhere else. Where is safe? Answer, nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. It's ridiculous. Uh, right, well, let's try and find some happy stories. There's not many happy stories in the papers. I mean, there, there really aren't, unless you, unless you think that the, the mum with the ship sailing is a happy story. I mean, I have to be honest, it's, uh, it's a bit... Oh, the, the other happy story, or not happy story, is we're not sure if the, the Spice Girls are going to go ahead now because Mel C is out of the Spice Girls. That's Melanie Chisholm, isn't it? Uh, she was the one... I mean, she was sporty Spice... She's lovely. She's really lovely, honestly. She went out, I think, with my friend who works just over the corridor here for a little while. Well, that was the rumour anyway. That was the rumour. Uh, the catering worker who loses 25 stone. Oh, I wish there was a secret. I wish there was... I wish there was... You could wave the magic wand. Come on, everybody listening now who goes, yeah, a little bit overweight, Steve, a little bit overweight. In fact, uh, one, of our, one of our boys in the office, he's on a diet at the moment. Uh, why? Because he's going off to Gran Canaria for holidays and he doesn't want to um, he doesn't want to look sort of slightly over. I mean, he knows he's not going to lose a huge amount before he goes in a few weeks time. But at least he's making the effort. It's the same man who will be bringing you the travel a little bit later on. And they've said that more accidents are caused through the travel bulletins because people are concentrating on the radio too much. I like that idea. I like the idea that people hang on every single word of somebody who's on the radio. It's a lot better, isn't it, than sort of listening to music. Although, actually, I often think a little bit of music sometimes can go down quite nicely. But I remember doing a music programme years ago over in Vienna with speech as well. Unfortunately, mine turned into more of speech with a little bit of music, which wasn't exactly how they saw the programme, but it was how I saw the programme. And I would get halfway through the Bee Gees and I'd think, oh, I'm bored with this now. And so I'd just fade it down and start talking. And uh, surprisingly, I got an audience. 
Because I think people just want to hear a bit of music, and then they go, we want to hear a bit more chat. Let's have a little bit more chat. My friend Tony, who works for another one of our radio stations, he, he always says the same to me. He says, what did you say this morning? It made me laugh out loud. It's always going to be something, isn't there? <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Ali has a, a 50th birthday today. She gets up at 4am for work for you and the spike. And I've stayed up purposely to text you. She got me to you and I podcast and listen every single day, which is good. And uh, that's Geordie Ange in Bow. And so she's... Uh, we also met you at the Magic Circle and you posed for a photo. I'm the Geordie lass. She says, don't hold it against me. Well, I saw it yesterday. I must tell you this story. This is so funny. So funny. We laughed like drains afterwards. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in the, the fruit and veg shop because I'm, I'm strangely drawn to retail because I was in re- retail for years, and I like the idea. It's just that I c- when somebody turns up in front of me with a big basket of fruit and veg, I kind of go, Anthony, Paul, John, anybody, anybody come and help me, because I can't do things like that. I wish I could. I wish I, c- I could measure material. I can measure for carpeting. I can sell carpeting. I know about carpeting. I know how it's made. I know about sizes. I can work out square footage, square yards. I can do anything, or metres, or whatever it is they use nowadays. But I'm at absolutely at a loss when it comes to fruit and veg. I know that four baking potatoes are a pound, and I know that a bunch of um, of spring greens is 50 pence, and I know that apples are five for one pound 50. Uh, pineapples are two... Actually, I'm better than I thought. Pineapples are two pounds. Uh, peaches are five for a pound, I think. Strawberries are three pounds for the big cases, and then all the berries are two for three. Actually, I'm a lot better than I thought. I didn't think I was going to know any of that. What's that? Is that a lemon? Okay, we can do four lemons for a pound. Four lemons for a pound. Is that about about right? right? I think limes are about about the same price as well. What are you paying for a lemon? You're paying for four four for one twenty. Oh right. Cheaper at Dirt Coopers, I think. Anyway, so we're all standing in there, we're sort of having a little chat. There's John and me and Paul. I think Anthony had wandered off somewhere. We can't remember. And uh, and this woman comes in. She comes in every so often. She's uh, she's one of those northern people. She's got a slight Geordie accent. She's uh, she's fairly advanced in years. In fact, she's very advanced in years. And uh, and she comes in. There. She doesn't seem to buy anything. She just sort of uh, makes polite talk for about five seconds and then leaves a chocolate bar. Yesterday it was four Mars bars. And for some reason they got onto the subject of Steve Allen. And she said to Paul Cooper, "I can't stand him." can't stand him. She said, I always turn off the radio when he comes on. I thought, you're lying old baggage. No, you don't. She knew exactly who I was. Of course, I'm standing there. So when she walks out, well, we just collapsed in laughter. All of us. We were laughing because uh, we had that before. But it was different. Somebody else came in the shop a while ago and said, uh, said to Paul, has Steve Allen been in? And I'm standing there. And he said, yeah, he, he comes in every so often. And it's sort of <laughs> compared to this wizened old bag the other day who just sort of creeps around people with chocolate bars. She's very peculiar, as I say. You know, if you had her certified, she'd have been uh, locked up years ago. Anyway, excuse me, quick slurp of... Mm. I've lost all my coffee bags. Well, I haven't lost them, I've used them. And I've got used to having my coffee bags. Now I'm getting used to having the company coffee. And it's actually not bad. It's actually quite nice. You know, normally people complain bitterly about how awful uh, coffee is. Not here. It's really nice, actually. Um Another one here, uh, banning all religions, says Leah, be a good start. You'll never belan- uh, you know, ban all religions, will you? It's, it's one of those things. It's the cause of more wars, more arguments, more deaths, everything, all to do with religion. All in the name of religion, because everybody believes that theirs is the right one. I mean, one of these days we're going to find out, aren't we? One of these days we're going to find out which, which religion is the nearest one. I don't want to miss out on it. If there's a religion that's going to be nearest to getting you into the pearly gates, I want to hang around with them. 
Uh, I don't think, well, quite clearly, it's not going to be anybody barking mad like ISIS or anything like that. They're nothing to do with religion. They're just murdering paedophiles. That's all they are. And when I say paedophiles, they themselves are the paedophiles. They advocate sex with children. And if you don't understand that by now, then you're on another planet. Uh, Plus, we'll be looking uh, this morning, and we will be naming as well, uh, the latest evidence in the hunt for Madeleine McCann. They think, now they think, now they think, wait for this one, they now think it was a result of a burglary that went wrong. And they've got three suspects. So nine years later, they've come up with, it could be a burglary. Unbelievable. Uh, and also, Savage by the Watchdogs, as does Little Price Trick. It's one of those, is it gone up in price? Has it gone down in price? Uh, no, not really. It's called, let's sort of pretend it's done it. And nobody will actually know. And the BBC says, we'll keep the bake-off. And how gambling had uh, a really, really bad ending for one young man who couldn't face the shame of the debt. 16 minutes past four. Steve Allen on LBC. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from seven. Only on LBC. Nick and the team this morning uh, at breakfast from seven. The chief constable of South Yorkshire Police is suspended over his response to the Hillsborough verdict. Is David Cameron's suspension fair? And what should happen next? Thousands of driverless cars are set to arrive on London streets. Would you use one? Absolutely not. It the life out of me. Absolutely. I mean, just supposing the system fails. You can have cars crashing into people on the pavements and everything. And an outstanding rural nursery is downgraded by Ofsted for not teaching toddlers about ethnic diversity and not having enough pictures of black and Asian people on the walls. We'll speak to one mum whose twins attend the nursery. I mean, does that work the other way round? If it's a nursery that's in a particularly diverse area, would there be lots of pictures of white? I've never heard of being so stupid in my entire life. Honestly, small one. I mean, kids are the ones who sort this out quite nicely by themselves. Kids don't see anything like that. They're not bothered about colour. They're interested in whether somebody's got toys to play with. They couldn't care less about anything else. I'm sorry, do you not like this person because of their colour? What? They don't see it. They just see toys or some kid comes to school with, with sort of more sweets than somebody else. They're not remotely bothered. I mean, have you ever met racist toddlers? You know, I don't like you because you're black. I don't like you because you're Asian. I don't like you because you're white. You know, you don't hear it. They just want to play. Honestly, it's always adults, isn't it? Interfering little busybodies, the curtain twitchers. Plus, the former political editor of The Sun, George Pascoe Watson, uh, will be with Nick to take a look through the papers. All of that at seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to be company this morning. I say yesterday was actually quite a nice day. Yes, it was a nice day. We had a we had a lovely interview. There is a film coming out. In fact, it's actually out now. You can find it all over the place, and it's called The Last Man on the Moon. And uh, and I thought it was I thought it was a film, you know, a film about the Last Man on the Moon. It is, but he's a real person. His name's Gene, uh, and he's eighty two, and he lives in America. And what this film is, and it's been made uh, by. Sir Jackie Stewart and his son Mark. There's a, there's a team of, of people who put this together. And with the help of Gene, who was the last man to go to the moon, his name's, uh, well, Eugene Cernan, but everybody calls him Gene. Um, he went into space three times. It's, it's, a, it's, it's such a nice film. It's such a nice film. And it's got uh, footage that you've never seen before. He went up in December 72, but he was training from the 60s. It's a film of passion. It's a film of sadness because we lose a lot of astronauts on the way. Three get trapped in a capsule and burned to death and they couldn't do anything about it. And two were training in a plane and the plane crashed. Uh, He loses his wife 
They just amicably part. That She features in the film as well. It's the most interesting story. He landed on the moon. My producer for it, Mark, is very... He doesn't believe that people went to the moon. He is of the opinion that this was all dummied up. And when people were asked to swear that they did go to the moon, he said you could, it's, he's, he's one of these conspiracy theorists. And he was totally convinced it, this man didn't go to the moon. But he did. But the trouble is, if somebody wants to... It's like the Loch Ness Monster, isn't it? It's like wanting to believe in Yeti. It's like wanting to believe in E.T. It's like all sorts of little things. If you want to believe it, you'll believe it. 9-11 was faked. That, you know, you see the conspiracy. Diana was killed by, you know, by MI5 or MI6 or MI whatever it is now. And uh, you can always find that everywhere. This man's very, very interesting. Very, very, The music is beautiful in it. And so we invited Sir Jackie Stewart to come in and his son Mark. And we had a very interesting chat, which you will hear this week on the programme. The sad bit is because the Americans don't have a space race at the moment. So uh, where he took off from... All the buildings are surrounded by weeds and there's rust all over the things. And they, they took him back there and they said to him, and it's, 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 it's quite a clever, you'll hear this on the interview. Uh, they said, to, I said, how did you get him to open up? He said, well, we just said to him, listen, we're going to film you. Think out loud. Whatever you're thinking, say it. And so they then had all these hours of material where he was standing there looking at these buildings, which he knew. And in his mind, he could see them probably back in the 60s when it all started. It's like, uh, you know, aces from the Battle of Britain. They go back to some of the airfields that were used and they're overgrown and the buildings have fallen into disrepair. Up at Northweald in Essex, uh, that's where a lot of the barrage balloons were. And still all over the common... And it's, it's quite a steep hill. All the dog walkers go there. There's big blocks of concrete, and that's where they tethered the balloons from. Hidden under a pile of, um, of uh, creepers and ivy and plants and everything else are the original buildings, which, is, which used to house hundreds of staff up there at Northfield, very near the aerodrome. And, uh, and again, that must be sad for people who remembered it as it was. And for, for Jean, who went back there, and people seem to love him. Even his ex-wife loves him. Uh, but he now has a new family. She said she just had gone as far as uh, she could. You know, they, they'd been married for 20 years. They have a daughter. And it's, it's a beautiful film. So if, if you get a chance to see it, and we will talk about it uh, Saturday morning. So, and, it's, and y- you will cry because he says at the end of the film, um, he says, you know, you can do anything if you, if you put your mind to it. And he says, people say, what did you do today? And I said... I walked on the moon. And that's... It doesn't get any bigger, does it? In the, in, the, in the great scheme of things, it doesn't get any bigger. What did you do today? I walked on the moon. I walked on the moon. And you just... You can't imagine what that must have been like. Yesterday I was having one of my emotional moments. Uh, my emotional moments <laughs> seem to go in fits and starts. And I'm surrounded by DVDs. I buy DVDs like there's no tomorrow. I know people say, oh, why don't you just sort of, you know, rent them or something. No, I like to physically own a DVD. And, and I sometimes I forget what I've ordered and I can never find the thing anyway, so I have to order new ones. And yesterday was a Sound of Music day. And so I watched the Sound of Music and uh, it's the, the Blu-ray version and it's lovely and it's got interviews with the people on it and we've interviewed all the cast from The Sound of Music. I've interviewed everybody except Christopher Plummer and a few other people. But, I mean, I, I did all the kids. I did Julie Andrews. It was everything. We're just, it was just wonderful. It's always remained one of my favourite films. If ever it was on at Christmas, which, of course, it was all the time, uh, everybody else would faff around doing Christmassy things and I'd be sitting in front of the television watching The Sound of Music because... And now, now I see different bits in it. 
So, for example, I know for a fact, because I've, I've read and I've watched the interviews, that as they go up the mountain at the very end, as they cross the border, so that they have to get out of Austria, and then they can go back into, and they're doing the final scene, you know that it's being filmed by a helicopter, because the grass... It's all blowing backwards and forwards, and their hair is being blown backwards and forwards. And that was the problem with the, uh, with the film. They didn't really get that much great weather. And also, Christopher Plummer, as the father, had to carry little Gretel, I think, out. And she was quite a hefty little child. And he said, when they got to the top, they, they said, oh, can we film that again? He said, no, we bloody well can't. He said, if you think I'm carrying her up the mountain again. And, of course, at the beginning of the film, where Julie Andrews does very good turning around, uh, that was the film, that was the bit that they filmed at the very end of the film. So it became the beginning of the film, because the weather had been so atrocious, and they were called back to America. And finally, the weather turned, and they went, now. So they got the helicopter up. But every time they took the helicopter up, Julie Andrews got flattened to the ground with the downdraft from the uh, from, from the propellers. So they had to try and film it from another angle to sort of get her and then do the close-ups. The farmer, who owned the field where she sang, the hills are alive, you know, it had a little babbling brook that went through it. Well, that, that was made, as you can probably tell. They, they put down tarpaulins. The farmer hated them so much, he would come round every night and stick a knife in it and drain it completely. So when they came back to film the next day, it was bone dry. So there were all those sort of things. The people of Salzburg, now they milk it for all it's worth, hated them at the time. Absolutely hated them. They didn't want the filming there. They didn't want anything about it. But now it becomes big business. You just automatically associate Salzburg, Sound of Music. Sound of Music, Salzburg. And people go there and they do the tours. And if you're lucky, you get one of the kids who turns up. Quite a, quite a number of the kids just turn up on a tour bus and take you round. And that must be quite exciting to actually have somebody who was actually in that film, which still looks as good today. It really does. And so I, I was quite happy with that. And I did tweet it. And I was amazed how many of you went exactly the same. It's one of those films that you can watch. And you can watch it so many times. It's like Mary Poppins. You can watch Mary Poppins so many times when she sits on the cloud and, you know, at the beginning. And then she comes down and Cherry Tree Avenue. There's all sorts of lovely things which, uh, which you can see if you, if you do the extra bits. And I love the extra bits. And on this Last Man on the Moon, there's going to be lots of extra bits, because they had so much filming with him, they're going to be putting loads of things on there, but it's, it's totally good. It's part documentary, part, part film, because they've got footage of them on the moon, they've got footage, uh, and he did step on it, he wrote his daughter's initials on the moon, and so, as far as we know, they're still, still there, unless any, unless any little green men have come up there, but we had a very good chat with Sir Jackie Stewart and his son Mark, and you'll hear that Saturday morning between six and seven just before breakfast, and uh, also appearing with them, Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas in to talk about Drive. Did he win? You'll have to watch the television to find to find out. Have you seen the London Palladium show on ITV? Being totally ruined by a weekly running gag involving Peter Ondrix, never having time to sing his song. Uh, well, I haven't seen the programme, so I, I don't know anything about that at all. Is it, is it a running gag, then? Do they, do they use Peter Andre? Oh, the whole programme's all, all right. Who's hosting it? Oh, I thought it was hosted by Bradley Walsh. He's all right, isn't he? What, what's the matter with the programme? See, the, the running gag involving Peter Andre has been nicked. Nicked from Morecambe and Wise, where little Ernie was always going to do his, uh, his song, and they, we haven't got enough time. 
And so that that was that. <laughs> so uh, so all they've done is just nicked it. But the trouble is, I don't know why they booked Peter Andre. He's a bit dreary and boring at the worst of times. He certainly doesn't have anything going for him. The very idea that they... I mean, you can't put him up on a programme. He thinks he's a singer. We think he's naff and saccharine and a bit sickly. And, uh, and his coffee bar's gone. He had so much publicity for that coffee bar. There's a, there's a trick, obviously. I can't work out what it is. And the trick is, you need to be part of a chain. Because unless you're part of a chain of coffee bars, you uh, you can't actually get round it. Because the, the, the main coffee bars, you know, all of them, the Nero's and all these other places, and uh, Starbucks, it doesn't matter if one of their shops doesn't take much money, because it's offset by the other shops. If you're a little independent, if you don't sell much coffee, you're going to go bust. You're going to close. It's as simple as that. There's no two ways about it. I'm in Lanza Grotti, says Hugh. But I can't miss the 4am spike. Uh, back home to the Isle of Wight to snow on Saturday. You poor soul in Lanza Grotti. My least favourite place. What a dump. What a dump, honestly. It really is. It's a volcanic island. If only they'd explode again. And uh, it was ghastly. We hated it. Well, I hated it. But there again, and I'm not particularly snobby about, you know, places I've been to. I mean, I've lived all over the world, so holidays for me are a bit naff anyway. But we went to Lanza Grotti. The kids wanted to go. And it, was, and it was probably nice for them, but the weather wasn't brilliant. And that always ruins your holiday, doesn't it? When you get a holiday and you go there, you go, we're looking for some sunshine so I can have a little bit of a, a tan when I go back. And you come back whiter than when you went. It's like, you know, the little Australian who works on this programme occasionally. He's just come back from two weeks in the land of Oz. Well, he's come back paler than when he went. And they're supposed to have sunshine and everything else. It'd be easier if he sort of lay down in the snow. I'm looking uh, looking forward to the snow arriving this weekend. We have rugby in Twickenham, which is very exciting. We like a bit of rugby. It's uh, Army and Navy. Oh, I'm late again. Uh, Army and Navy this uh, this Saturday. LBC News Time. So sorry I'm late. It's 4.30, latest... Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Uh, so I haven't seen the London Palladium show. Um, any gag with Peter Andre. The trouble is, it's he's just naff. He's just naff now. He can't help it. It's not his fault. I'm sure he's got, you know. Uh, Kath says, uh, Steve, greetings from Cyprus. Better than Lanza Grotti. Listen, sitting in a dustbin is better than going to Lanza Grotti. I feel sorry for people who go, oh, we booked for Lanza Grotti. I go, oh, good God. Honestly, it's got volcanic ash all over the place. It's just dull. It is dull. I mean, what makes it dull? It's full of Brits. Worse, northern Brits. Northern Brits go there. Why, eh? Uh, you got uh, English breakfast, have you? I love the I love the way that the Brits go on holiday, and they're quite surprised when you know somebody goes. Uh, we do local food here. Local food. Well, if it, have you got fried slice? You know, and so people go abroad only to eat. In, it's like you know going to a Chinese restaurant, and uh, and saying, "Sorry, can we have a look at the English menu?" You think, "What for?" My friend Ian who's over in Vegas. My boss inquired about him the other day. He said, who is this person? So I told him. And uh, he says, I, I, I was in a, a store yesterday which had a whole rack of Tommy Bahamas shirts. <gasps> God, it sounds like Christmas and heaven all wrapped into one thing for me. Uh, I'm almost unpacked now, except for the badges for the fridge. Don't worry. Soon, soon. Excellent roundup of all the key headlines in your first few minutes. Perfect for my show prep for tomorrow's breakfast show in PHX. I don't know what that stands for. I can't remember, actually. And read the Ab Fab movie. says, I love the line, I'm working from Nobu this week. Working from Nobu. I think it was, uh, was it not Victoria Wood who, co- who, who coined the phrase uh, spadulike? As opposed to spudulike. Spadulike. I used, to, I used to quite like that, actually. Uh, 84850. Barry says, in a recent report that says, in one of the uh, states of America, a person was hung for their crime. No, it's hanged. 
It's hanged. You aren't hung. You're well. You might be in the case of Tom, but um, we were saying those tiny little speedos. I've never seen anything like it, really. But the trouble is, if you've got a very very slim body, I'd wear speedos. Well, actually, maybe not. But I mean, if I mean, if you're as slim as he is, and you're as fit as he is, and I look like that, believe you me, I'd be in here in speedos, whether they like it or not. If they want to look, let them look. Uh, eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC Let's try and get as many things as we as we can in this morning. I will tell uh, because some some of the stories, and of course, they're still going on about uh, about Hillsborough today and the top cop acts. Now for the rest say the mirror. I mean, I just said to the producer, can you imagine if you'd lost somebody, if you can ever imagine what that must be like to lose somebody like that? Not just somebody dying, but somebody dying in such tragic circumstances. And then year after year after year after year, you get knocked back. You don't get the truth. They fob you off. They lie to you. They tell you everything. And so what they've got now from this, this jury who've been looking at for two years is they finally got the truth and the justice. 30,000 people turned up the other day. That was, that was the feeling for it, because people lost members of their family. Young people died. You know, when you look at the pictures, you just, it, it was just, just the most awful thing ever. And so now, they finally got uh, somebody axed. Now the papers are saying, let's go for the rest of them. Let's go for the rest of them. But they'll hire super-duper lawyers. I don't know where we go from here. And that's what Nick Ferrari will be trying to unravel this morning. It's not easy. It's not easy to try and work this out as to, as to what would be the best thing to do. What do these people want? You know, you can't give them money. Money wouldn't cover it, would it? But they want some sort of closure, I suppose. Uh, the Daily Mail are going with Lady Green, the party-loving super-yacht queen who pocketed £400 million, they say. It's not bad, is it? I'm not surprised all these people wander around with a big smile on their face. I would as well. Uh, hospitals brace for five days of A&E chaos. And who's in the Ad Fab movie? Everybody. Everybody's in it. There's uh, Jennifer Saunders, of course, Graham Norton, uh, Joan Collins, uh, Kate Moss, Barry Humphreys. I'm trying to get Barry Humphreys in for, a, for an interview, actually, which might work. Jerry Hall, uh, Jeanette Tuff and Joanna Lumley. Jerry Hall. I can't bear Jerry Hall. I don't know why. It's funny. Sometimes you see people on the television, you just say, who are you? So she's a model from Texas. Big deal. Big deal. Uh, also, Jordan Dunn, Suki Waterhouse and Alexa Chung. These are all, these are tiny, teeny, tiny roles. Sophie Rayworth delivering news. Uh, Lily Cole and Stella McCartney, Jane Horrocks and uh, Lulu. Jane Horrocks is super. I, I say she's super because she lives in Twickenham and only the best people live in Twickenham. Why did Green uh, sell BHS to a loser? One pound buyer was being chased for millions, but the tycoon still did the deal with a former bankrupt. Uh, pressure for him to be stripped of his knighthood. Uh, the new owner in the storm over a one and a half million pound loan. Lady Green partying on a 400 mil- Well, she's got a... I think the yacht... They've just bought another yacht... Actually, she lives on a gin palace in a tax haven. No wonder she's smiling. £400 million. I mean, that's kind of like... I mean, I'd be checking that every day, wouldn't you? If, if you had £400 million, you'd be phoning up the bank going, Hello, Steve Allen here. Um, you just give me the balance. Oh, the account number, yes. Uh, 4789213. Yes. Uh, okay, balances today? £401 million. Thank you. Bye. You know, imagine doing that as opposed to phoning up and they go, oh, we were hoping you were going to phone before we wrote you a letter. Would you like to know how big your overdraft is? And I'd be going, do you know, I remember years ago I did have an overdraft. I've still got one at the bank. I've still got an overdraft facility, they call it, uh, £6,000. A £6,000 overdraft facility in case I got myself into trouble. And 
I've never used it. I'm too frightened to use it. Uh, well, A, I don't need to use it. But secondly, I would think, you know, why, why would you want to use an overdraft facility? I don't want to get myself into debt. There is a bloke who's in the paper today. Um, he got addicted to gambling. And we, we've talked about gambling in the past on the programme and how bad it is and how much it, uh, it seems to uh, affect people. This bloke was an accountant. An accountant, if you please. He was only young. He was, uh, he was 23. He worked for a, a leading accountancy firm. And he got himself in debt to the banks, payday loan companies, family and friends, £30,000. Now, I myself had debts of £30,000 some years ago. No, it wasn't, it wasn't 30. Was it? Th- Actually, it might have been 30. I can't remember. It's either 10 or 30. I can't remember what the overdraft facility with an American Express card came in at. It might be £10,000. And, uh, and I got myself into this state where I was just... I was renting cars. I was doing all sorts of things because I wasn't particularly good with money. And I think if you're not particularly good with money, now I'm, I'm nothing short of superb. In fact, if anything, I have an, I have an allowance. My, my bank manager gives me an allowance every month. She gives, this, is, this is your pocket money for the month. And so I've got it. If I need any more, she'll, she'll transfer money over. And uh, if I don't, at the end of the month, she'll transfer it into my tax account so that I, I can always pay my tax. I don't, I don't want to get myself into any debt. I've been in debt before, and I'm telling you, being out of debt was a lot nicer than being in debt because then you dreaded every day, you know, the postman, and is it going to be another letter? And you knew when it was from the bank, didn't you? And you knew it would start off, dear Mr. S- oh, no, uh, we would like to draw your attention to your overdraft. Would you kindly give my secretary a ring so we can arrange an appointment? And I used to put these things off. Seriously, I used to hide the letters. I used to get so embarrassed. Also, the fact I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I had no idea. And I got myself into this thousands and thousands of pounds worth of debt. I thought, how do you pay that back? And I did. And it was only by sort of sheer luck and determination and the fact that I managed to cut my spending down. Because I was going mad. Now, at the end of each month, I'm, I'm quids in because I don't spend my allowance every month. I've got that good. I've got, I always carry money with me, quite clearly, because I've got a wallet and you've got to put money in it. But, but I don't need to spend it. And somebody says, why don't you go out and buy shoes? I said, yeah. And I think about it and I think, I actually don't need to go and buy a pair of shoes. I've got, there's nothing I need. Well, apart from candles at the moment. So that could be my, my luxury for today. And I've got to pay to get the car serviced. But apart from that, I don't, I don't need anything. I've got loads of clothes. In fact, even the bloke who does all my ironing in the dry cleaners, he goes, oh, how many more shirts are you going to get? Because I seem to have loads of... I've got got two double wardrobes full of clothes and a huge rail, an industrial rail that takes up, you know, quite a lot of space, and that's full of clothes. I don't wear any of them because I can't fit into them. Because over the years, as you get a little bit bigger, the clothes remain the same size. And we've all done it, haven't you? You've all saved a pair of jeans and you go, do you know, I really like those jeans. I'll save them till I can get back into them again. Well, they were 29-inch waist. I mean, I ask you, what is the point? I can't even get them past my knee. No point. But you don't like to get rid of them because they look like they've got loads. Of, and that's why you've got charity shops. Because it's people like me who've got loads of clothes that they can't fit into. I mean, I could literally just take tons. I could wheel the, the rail to any of the charity shops and say, take whatever you want. Some of, some of the shirts I've got are, are really classy. I mean, really, it's just I can't fit into them. And, um, and I don't really know what to do with them. It's, it's a little bit of a, bit of a mystery, I think. I've, I mean, I do tend to buy things. And then just as easily, I kind of get rid of stuff. So I think I might be having a, another clear out very, very shortly. So this, this poor accountant at the age of 23 got himself into debt. 
And as I pointed out, I know lots of people who've been in debt. I know lots of people who've been in debt. I know people who don't know how to get out of it. They're not earning any money. And, of course, there's always companies willing to lend you. So people say, you know, so, you know, they say, why don't you consolidate all your debts with one loan at 1,500% interest? And I always think, go to the bank. Go to the bank first. Once you've been to the bank and see what they say about it, they'll always work out a plan with you. But don't ever think that if you get yourself into debt, uh, that's not going to hang over you because it is going to hang over you. And it's going to hang over you. I remember I had a a next door neighbour once um, and the the neighbour got themselves into trouble with the mortgage. And so the mortgage company uh, sent him a letter. And they sent it there to basically saying, we're coming around to repossess your property. And the only reason I knew about it was because I could hear hammering and banging as they knocked his front door in and changed all the locks. And it was very... So, but what he'd done is he'd just locked it up and left the keys as if to say, right, well, I'm handing it back. Well, of course, that doesn't, that doesn't work. You can't just hand it back and think the debt finishes there. It doesn't. What they then do is sell the property. If that doesn't cover the debt, you're still saddled with it. And once you're on a list, you know, it's very, very easy, very, very easy to get yourself into that situation whereby you don't know how to get out of it again. You always need expert advice. Don't ever think you can do it yourself. You need somebody to do it. So now I've got a bank manager who's very good and she'll phone me and say, right, I've just done your transfers because the money comes in at the end of the month. Quite clearly, we're not working for free. And, uh, and then you, you transfer it to different accounts. I've got, you know, an account with one bank which pays the mortgage. I've got, you know, an account uh, which is my tax account so that we've got the money. So if the tax man comes back, he can then go, you know, I need X money. And I go, we've got that because I've saved it. But it's difficult. It's very difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, another one here says, uh, oh, did you? Oh, I saw a dreadful advert on the television the other day. Rylan, they've given a chat show on, a chat show on Channel 5. Seriously, well, that'll zero rate. Who on earth is going to be interested in Brian? I notice ITV haven't bothered. They haven't bothered. It's only Channel 5. And uh, as I say, I mean, his star must be burning out faster than you can ever imagine. Just gone quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Sounds ghastly, this, uh, this Rylan chat show. Oh. Ghastly. Four nights a week. Must be working really cheap. And uh, they say he's set to rival Alan Carr, Graham Norton and Jonathan Ross. I don't think so. I think he's probably set to rival Peter Andre, Kerry Katona and Daniela Westbrook. That'll be just about it. And of course, you know, what, what the problem they'll have with it is they won't put any celebrities up. So when they start, it'll have really cheap celebrities. Really, And the reason being is that no company or PR or agent is going to put somebody up just in case they turn out to be humiliated. So they're not going to put anybody up for it. So, you know, unlike Alan Carr, Graham Norton and Jonathan Ross, they have track record. Rylan has no track record at all. He's just, you know, a silly little exhibitionist who's popped up on a few things. Way too many teeth, far too much makeup and, uh, and just not very interesting. So what sort of guests? They say he's, he will grill his well-known guests for that read, Kerry Katona, Daniela Westbrook and Peter Andre, uh, on juicy celebrity gossip. Well, they won't be able to because uh, there'll be lawyers watching. Uh, they're going to have to film the programme an hour before it goes out, so it's live. No, it's pre-recorded, dear. That's called pre-recorded. If, if you record it an hour before it goes out... That's pre-recorded, OK? That's in case you make cock-ups, which, of course, you will. And the lawyers will have to cut bits out and we'll all be going, oh, there's another action. And uh, so it's not live. 
It's pre-recorded. OK? doesn't matter whether you record it an hour beforehand or two minutes before it goes out. It's pre-recorded. OK? And that means that, as I say, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see just who they drag onto it. Who can possibly be on it? Who would seriously go onto a show? Whose agent would put him up for it? That'll be interesting, won't it? Finding out. He will grill his well-known guests. It's called Up Late with Rylan. How dreary. How boring. How dull. How cheap. Uh, 84850, Malcolm says, you reminded me of the time we went to Benidorm on a stag do. We sat down to a roast dinner and one of our party was upset with a Spanish waiter because he'd never heard of Yorkshire pudding. Um, I know, it's just, it's amazing, isn't it, really? It is absolutely amazing that the Brits go abroad and they want to eat English. It's Chinese, but we ask for the English menu. And uh, another one here, how could you not know if you were 10 or 30 grand in debt? Didn't read the bank statements. Didn't read bank statements. That's what, that's why you wouldn't want to know. Why would you want to know? Every time you got a letter from the bank, you just uh, you just sort of um, you just ignored it. So I d- I didn't open bank statements. Mind you, I'd, I'd bury my head in the sand. Mind you, to, even today, I don't open bank statements all the time. The only time I ever open the bank statements is when the accountant phones me up or sends me a text going, I need from here to here. And then I go through them and I have to open, start opening blasted bank statements because I get so many bank statements. I try and limit the amount of paper that I get, but I do get a lot. And so there can be quite a little bundle which I have to pop in the post to him and send him off because he's very good, my accountant. I had a terrible accountant. And uh, and this this one's very, very good. Very good indeed. So it's uh, he's always quite nice. But at least I can keep a a, a, a tag on it. Well, just sort of a... T- I think I'm keeping a tack. Uh, David says, you need to visit Playa Blanca in the south of uh, Lanza Grotti. Middle class, no northerners or chavs, and the views and walking are amazing. Uh, all the other resorts, Chav City. It was ghastly. Seriously, it was the worst place I'd ever been to. I'd never been to such an awful place. He says, P.S., 33 degrees here at 6.40am in Jeddah in Saudi... 33 degrees... Well, that sounds my my idea of hell... 33 degrees, double it and add 30, isn't it? Six, just under nine, 90. Oh, grief. That sounds absolutely atrocious, doesn't it? You know me, I mean, that's why I don't do holidays. I don't do holidays. And uh, Phil says, I've got Tom's 2016 calendar, so I wake up to you and Tom Daly in his Speedos every day. You haven't seen his latest Speedos. Well, I say Speedos. I think it could be in the singular. Speedo. They're so small. I mean, seriously, there's no room for manoeuvre. No room for manoeuvre. Uh, Steve, I'm sure that I remember, says William, uh, in the in the early Morecambe and Wise shows, that the running gag at the end of the show was a little old man waiting to play the harmonica, but sadly never did. They also had that lady coming on, didn't they? Janet. And, uh, and then the other thing was um, he was still on the way to Hollywood, little Ernie Wise. But uh, regarding Salzburg, I'm always reminded of Hammer's Frankenstein and Dracula films with Cushing and Christopher Lee. Why? Because either Van Helsing was being sent for from the university there, or in the case of some of the Frankenstein films, it was where the good doctor started his practice. Yes, it was always it was in Austria, wasn't it? In Vienna. So, always very interesting. And uh, Donald thinks that Tom's cosy. He says it's very small. He says what's inside must be even smaller. I hear not. I hear not. <laughs> in fact, we, we did see, didn't we? Do you remember when he dived into the pool once, his swimming costume fell off? Just the kind of thing everybody was looking for. I didn't even know he had a calendar. He has a calendar, does he? I must get a calendar. I don't want to miss out on this. If he's got a calendar, I want a calendar. Steve Allen in a variety of poses, including speedos. Can you imagine? Would you think that would sell? Actually, it probably would sell, actually. Probably would sell. Just going back to this, this accountant, I think it's terribly sad that somebody at the age of 23, you know, who's, who's borrowed money from uh, friends 
and of this uh, of this gambling. I don't know what he was addicted to, but I know people who gamble on the internet. I know people who gamble in casinos, and you have to do it responsibly. But once you get caught up in it, it's really, really difficult. I think it's incredibly difficult. You know, I've I've stood in casino. Luckily, I'm not as impressed with casinos, and I've been to Vegas a few times, and I've been to the Hippodrome, and I've been to other casinos, but I'm not particularly bothered. It does, I, I don't feel any urge to, uh, to put money in. In fact, we did it a short while ago, probably about six months ago. We walked into the Hippodrome, and I put two pounds in a fruit machine at the back, and I walked away with 50. And I did walk away with 50. Uh, the moment I won it, I went ting, 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 and I just did it. You know, one of those quick things when you nipped in there to use the toilet. And, um, and I won 50 and I walked straight out again. And I had no craving or no urge to actually put more money back in the machine because it's a machine and I know how machines work. Well, I don't, I don't know how they work, but I've got a rough idea that I'm going to lose at some point. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. There's a huge fish in the paper. This is for anglers everywhere. My friend John would like this one. This is a Siamese carp, and um, it's enormous. It's absolutely enormous. They, they went fishing in Thailand. Again, not exactly my favourite place this morning. Uh, the fisherman here from Hull. This one weighs 180 pounds but what they did they uh they had a friend called ron hopper ron hopper used to go fishing with them and he died but they were determined to take him with them and so they made bait out of his ashes i know i know i thought it sounded rather strange as well uh mr dale says uh, i'm not a religious person but it felt spiritual it was like ron was there with us so they've, they've got one of these left, one of these little balls of thing made from his ashes and a few other bits and pieces. And it landed them this huge 180-pound fish. And when you look at it, I mean, honestly, it's, it's absolutely, it looks like the size of a tuna. It's huge, absolutely huge. But that's what they did with his, with his ashes. They actually sort of made them into bait. I know, it does sound slightly odd, doesn't it, really? It does sound very, very odd. Uh, Smacking your children. It's always a good topic for radio stations uh, who are looking for people to comment because you'll always find those people who say it's abuse. Then you'll find those people who say a good smack never hurts anybody. Uh, Then you find those people who say, well, actually, I was smacked as a child, but I learnt very quickly. And then there are stories in the papers of of a man who is so vile, he shook his child to death shook his child to death and you and you look at it and you just think that there are some really vile awful people out there and you sometimes wish that there was uh, there was more harsh penalties but in this particular case there wasn't but they now say that if you uh, if you smack a child uh, it makes them even worse because i don't think it solves the problem i've seen kids in supermarket and the mum goes shut up smack which makes them even worse they cry, you know, what's the point? Give them a blooming lollipop. They are, have a lollipop. Thank you. End of story. If in doubt, give them a lollipop. If the teeth start falling out, that's their problem. So it does make it worse. And I bet you anything, James O'Brien will like that one today. He will like... I did check with him yesterday. Do you remember I said, I bet you anything, on the story of the mother who was taking her child out of school for holidays and she got fined. And I said on this programme, I said, I bet you anything that James O'Brien will say that's OK. And uh, so I said to him, I said, I, I told them yesterday, I said, that, uh, that you would think it's OK. He said, uh, he said I, I, I would say on air, I think it's terrible. He said, but I would take them out of school if he thought it was necessary to go on holiday, which I thought a lot of people do. I know that my, uh, 
my uh, godchildren have been taken out of school to go on holiday. I think you can pay as well now. There's some sort of uh, not not a fine, but there is a sort of um, there is a sort of a way of, of paying something. Look at all these holidays. You know that they do royal days out. You can do the Chelsea Flower Show, lovely, but I like Hampton Court better. The Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo. I would kill to go to. Three days is three hundred pounds. That seems quite good, isn't it? And you get a top price ticket to the Royal Edinburgh Tattoo, two nights, four-star bed and breakfast, accommodation at the Crown Plaza Royal Terrace Hotel, dinner at the hotel on one night of your stay. That sounds good value, doesn't it, for 300 quid? How are you supposed to get there? I've got no idea. doesn't actually say. I suppose you just sort of get yourself up there. Buckingham Palace and Garden Highlights, two days, 125. Visit to Windsor Castle and afternoon tea. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it, as well? Oh, look at this. Galway. Island stunning west Connemara, and that's 529 for six days. I don't know, sometimes I'm tempted to do holidays, and then I sort of think about it for about two seconds and think, actually, Steve, you're not much cop at holidays, are you? You don't do holidays. Why should I? Heavens above, I'm enjoying myself here quite nicely. It's Thursday morning. You've managed to make it this far through the week. So far, we've had a, a dowsing of snow. Will we have any more? We'll give you the weather forecast a little bit later on. The hospital's brace for five days of A&E chaos. The wrap for the two-white nursery. It's the most ridiculous story, I think. The Hillsborough Force Chief to step down, diver Tom's Olympic cosy. It's not a particularly good design. I don't know, it just looks like anything else, but not very exciting. Uh, Harry swears on the radio. The, uh, the Faulty Towers, the hotel that they used for the exterior shots, it's been pulled down. It's a part of rubble. And I suppose it had been, it had been a nightclub and all sorts of things. None of it actually worked. And the lying politics graduate jailed for trying to dodge a speeding fine. She's a crook. News is next. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. We get ever nearer the weekend, ever nearer the fact that we've got rugby in Twickenham on Saturday. It's the Army and Navy, or as we prefer to call it, the drunken so-and-sos are out on the on the raz again. Some of them never get to see the rugby. Some of them actually never get to see anything at all, apart from a police cell, because they behave badly. They're generally OK. The Navy, as I pointed out before, are all the big overweight ones. I mean, they are big. Some of the women and the blokes going down to the pubs. I mean, how they make it into the Navy, I've got no idea. The soldiers you can always spot because they're the ones who look uh, very, very slim. The traffic bulletins, which could cause road accidents, hilarious new evidence, suggests you're listening so intently to a programme that you can't... They say there could be an elephant by the side of the road and you would miss it because you're concentrating on the radio. And that's what I like. Also, the stranded mum. So she goes on the cruise. We get them every so often. We got the woman a short while ago, didn't we, who tried to swim out to the ship. I mean, that was possibly one of the stupidest people I've ever seen. As opposed to contacting them and going, listen, I've missed the ship, I'll pick it up in another port. This is a mum who goes off shopping, leaves the kids on board the ship, because they don't want to go with her, obviously she's very dull, and, uh, and kids don't want to traipse around the shop, so they want stay on the ship and play, so that's what they did. Anyway, she doesn't get back to the ship on time. So it sails, they don't hang around, they, they've got a, a little thing, it says there, it says it on all the ships, unless you're particularly stupid or you can't read, it says 30 minutes before the ship sails, you've got to be back on board. And they're not going to hold the ship up for anybody. They'll literally, they'll go, right, 30 minutes. Let's have a quick look. Anybody walking on the jetty? Nope. Off we go. And off they go. So they left her. Ooh, she was doing this whole drama queen bit. Didn't work at all. Uh, Tony says, I hear the government stopping self-employment individuals working for a company as a limited company themselves. Looks like you'll be on PAYE. Why? I'm not a limited company. Why would I be a limited company? I'm an individual. 
I'm taxed as an individual. I wouldn't want to be a limited company. Oh, you mistake me for other people, dear. And also, you'll never find presenters on PAYE. Ever. What, what would be the point of that? Can you imagine? Here, here you are running lots and lots of radio stations, and the presenters become staff. Well, you'd never get rid of people. You'd have people going, excuse me, you know, I've been here 25, 36 years or whatever it is. You know, uh, I want some money. Whereas, in fact, every presenter in this building, only barring about two, and that goes back a long way, uh, is self-employed. But I don't know where you ever got the idea that I was a limited company. Impertinence of you. Never heard of such stupidity. But, um, you know, you, you'd never get rid of people. So you have to, and at the end of each contract, that's it. You are contracted for a year or for two years or whatever your contract length is. Uh, technically, at the end of the year, that's it. You, you've signed the contract for a year. I get various addendums that go on to it throughout the year. There might be something that this has changed, and uh, <clears throat> they send it through. They're very good at sending, excuse me, through the little bits and, of paper which just go into the existing contract. But nobody ever reads I've never read a contract in my life. And then you hope that your audience figures are so good that they want you for another year or another two years. And, uh, and that's the way it works. That's, that's the way it works. So it's, uh, it, it, it works well for everybody, really. But uh, no, I certainly wouldn't be a limited company. I know loads, loads of people who are, but certainly not for me. Thank you very much indeed. I'm quite happy the way it is. Uh, what have we got here? Somebody says, uh, Mr Green has just bought a £50 million jet. I think he's just spent £100 million on a on a new yacht. Which sounds quite nice, actually. Uh, I like the idea of, uh, of having a new yacht. But the, the, the papers are laying into him. They, they've started digging. And, uh, and that's, that's a little bit worrying, I think. Just a little bit worrying. So, more of your texts and emails. 84850, Steve at LBC. Joe says, I've just checked Tom Daly out in his swimming uh, pants. Well, they are a bit like pants, aren't they? They're called Speedos. Did the budget run out before they could finish making them? I've never heard... I mean, seriously, I mean, there's not, there's not a lot to them. I don't want to draw your attention, ladies and gentlemen, to it, but, you know, Tom Daly does look fit, but he's a diver. He's supposed to look fit. If he looked like me, I'd be severely worried about him. <laughs> severely worried. Uh, on the subject of smacking children, Karen says, I've got a 14-year-old son. I feel I've got no right to smack him, as I love him too much. Yeah, but people do... I mean, I think also at 14, depending on how big they are, they could turn around and smack you. You know, I've seen kids now, I know my rights, you can't touch me, you can't do this. Awful, really. And, um, I'm in Edinburgh, says Gary, if you want to go to the tattoo, I'll put you up. Okay, stalker. Stalker. Stalker alert. Sorry, I've, I've, I've highlighted that one. Very worrying. I mean, I just, I've always wanted to go and watch it. I know it's a big thing for Americans. The Americans love it. And the, you know, and the swirl of the kilt and the sound of the pipes. You know, and the lone piper up on the battlements and the and the uh, the Saint Lumiere and the, the whole thing. I just like it. I just think it looks really good. I like tradition. I hated it when they finished the uh, the uh, what do they call it here? The the Royal Tournament. That's right. I could see the poster, but I couldn't see the wording on it. That's what you have to do now. Word association. You see the poster, then you go. Roy- I couldn't remember where it got to. And the Royal Tournament finished. I went to it once, but I went backstage. It's like a giant bar. Seriously, there were so many horses and, um, and and people wandering about. It was really... I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. I loved every minute. Uh, Darren's never bothered going to see the tattoo, and he lives in Edinburgh. But there again, you know, I live in London, and there's probably loads of uh, tourist attractions that I've not, not been to for some time. I do try and do them. I do try and get around to things. So, that you know, if somebody says, have you done this? What's that like? And, and I'm quite good at, at absorbing knowledge about places. And I do remember things. It's funny, you can remember some things, other things. You know what you like yourself. You go out shopping 
Or feeling that, you know, you walk into the bathroom, and, oh, what the hell am I doing in here? I was doing something. What was I doing in the bathroom? And you, and you walk out the bathroom. As you walk out, you go, oh, I know, came in to pick up something. So you walk back into the bathroom again. And you go shopping. And I've seen people in, in Paul's shop, and they stand there and they go, uh, you go, you need, are you all right? And they go, I can't remember what I need. And so they stand there staring at courgettes, as people do. And you sort of, and you sort of, oh, and hoping that's going to jog your memory. Then they walk out, then they come back in again and go, I've just remembered what it is. <laughs> Which I like. I like that. Uh, Steve, with the myriad of TV channels today, does it drive the price of the work down for, say, hosting, presenting or interviewing? Uh, how much would somebody like Ryland get paid for hosting a chat show on one of these channels? Um, let me guess. If he's doing four nights a week, uh, he has no track record at all. In other words, he doesn't have a proven audience. There is no evidence to suggest that an audience will follow him. And they, they might have commissioned a company to make it. When they did this, they were doing a thing overnight and they, they were paying some big money. I would think he could be getting... Depends who his agent is. Seven fifty a show. Seven fifty a show. But you don't have to do anything. He's only got to sit there, and somebody will do his makeup and hair and all the rest of it. It depends what the budget's like. You better tell what the budget's like when you see the show. If it's on Channel Five, I'm assuming it'll be cheap. I'm assuming somebody has gone to them with a commission and said, "Listen, we can offer you a chat show five nights a week." So it wouldn't be made by Channel Five. It would be made by an outside company. I'm assuming it is, and they would do everything. So they would move into premises. And and they would sort of commission. So, in other words, there'd be a team set up to do the booking. Uh, but, of course, if it doesn't score, it'll be dropped very quickly because they're not going to waste money on something that doesn't. And I think they're going to find out that this isn't going to work. When I did the show on Channel 5, as you remember, I was the benchmark for getting the guests on the programme because up until then they didn't know anybody. They didn't know who Nick Knowles was. They didn't know who Esther McVeigh was. They didn't know any of these people, but they knew me because all the PR companies used to put their guests on my programme. So that was their benchmark, because otherwise they... You can imagine, you put somebody up big on a programme and they get humiliated. You're either going to get somebody walking off the set, in which case, you know, they can't... They'll have to cut it out, and somebody will say to them, if you transmit that, we're suing. OK, you've got us here under false pretenses. You know, people always say, oh, I'm going to push the boundaries and they're going to give me celebrity gossip. It's a load of old codswallop. They won't at all, because there'll be lawyers watching it, and the lawyer will say, you can't say that. Oh, well, I, I, I was there. Well, you, can you prove it? You have to be able to prove something. I'll just make it up. That's what makes me laugh. People say to me, you know, have you never been sued? No. Why? Never told a lie in my life. Never told a lie. Although you could actually stand by the fact that me saying I've never told a lie could be the fact that I've told a lie. But no, if, if, I, if I'd said anything that was incorrect, I'd be sued. Quite rightly so. You get some stupid people who write in and go, oh, I think you've just sort of slandered somebody, which, of course, you wouldn't do. It's libel. Um, and, and I've never done it in my life. Otherwise, you would expect somebody to sue. You would expect... If I, if I said an untruth, I made an incorrect statement. And that's why Ryland's uh, little programme, you know, four nights a week, that's got to be cheap. That's got to be cheap. I should imagine it'll be very small. It'll probably look a bit like Blue Peter. When Blue Peter started, it was big programme. Number one studio at uh, Television Centre. And now it's come down to, does anybody know who's actually working on Blue Peter? Does anybody know what days it transmits? Does anybody tell you anything about it? No. Vanished without trace. Vanished without trace. Which is a shame, because I grew up with Blue Peter. You do expect things to, to change. So I would think, you know, Rylan, he'll, he'll be so desperate to try and get something. At the moment, he's sort of, he sort of nearly ran. He hasn't actually made it at all. 
and he's uh, he needs to find something else. So he thinks if I do a chat show, the trouble is Channel 5. I know people still can't actually receive Channel 5. I've got a former producer of mine, Uncle Rob. He can't pick up Channel 5 at all. He gets snow. Of course, where he lives, that could be actually proper snow. But uh, he hasn't been able to pick up Channel 5 for ages. So the idea it's a four-night-a-week chat show... I mean, and I should imagine the other people must be quaking in their boots. Oh, Ryland's doing a chat show. The, the critics will be out for that one, I promise you. The critics will be out for that one. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely convinced. Uh, I saw uh, Ryland on television, says Sonia. And I thought there was something wrong with him. Uh, does he think his teeth look good? No. Uh, well, I don't know. He's, a bit, he's just peculiar, isn't he? He was never... He was never partic- Actually, I'll tell you who he might have on there. Here we go. This, this is, so we've already thrown in the, uh, the cheap guests. Um, Katie Price would be a cheap, because apparently she's a close friend of his. It's all, it's, all, it's all the desperate people. It's all the desperately sad people who don't have anybody else. You know, all the, all the proper celebrities avoid things like OK Magazine. So they have to try and create their own. So you get the Amy Willertons, you know, and then you get Peter Andre. And you start thinking, oh, God, honestly. Does Peter Andre wake up in the morning and somebody's there with the camera going, hold it, Pete. Click. Lovely, thank you. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. Can you put a beanie hat on? Hair's gone a bit awry today, hasn't it? Not so good. Uh, I will tell you about the mum who sobbed as the ship sailed with her children on board, because I thought it was quite, uh, quite funny. And also, is anybody still using electric blankets? Does, and I used to have an electric blanket, but they never covered the whole of the bed. They just had the middle bit, so... You know, the, the back of you would get sort of quite shit. Your bottom was quite warm, but it made you feel incontinent. And, and, the, and your feet got cold as well. And I used to have an electric blanket you could sleep with on all night. You could have it on all night, which I thought sounded terribly dangerous. Anyway, um, there's uh, somebody here who's been burnt to death by an electric blanket. 30 years old. 30 years old. I said, it did take the chill off a bed, though, didn't it? Before we had central heating at home... In my parents' house, we had electric blankets. Wasn't quite as bad as bed warmers, but it was pretty close to it. It's 5.15. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7, only on LBC. And Nick with you at 7 o'clock this morning. The Chief Constable of South Yorkshire Police suspended over his response to the Hillsborough verdict. Is David um, Crompton's suspension fair? And what should happen next? Thousands of driverless cars set to arrive on London streets. Would you use one? I've seen a picture in the paper today. As I said, the only thing that could go wrong is if the computer crashed. And they do crash. They do crash. We occasionally have something, you know, the computer will have a mind of its own. Imagine if you're driving down a motorway and all of a sudden it goes, let's try 100 miles an hour. What? Absolutely not. And an outstanding rural nursery is downgraded by Ofsted for not teaching toddlers about ethnic diversity and not having enough pictures of black and Asian people on the walls. They'll be speaking to one mum whose twins attend the nursery. Plus George Pascoe Watson, former political editor of The Sun, will be looking through the papers. That's all with uh, Nick and the team at seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Lisa Aziz. So sorry, Lisa. Uh, The government are going to test driverless lorries on the the, the M6. I can't even speak now. On the M6 very shortly. They've been tested in Germany. Let them stay in Germany. Driverless lorries. What's going on in the world? Imagine, you're actually sort of, you know, driving down any lorry driver. I always look sideways, don't you? I always look sideways at the lorry driver. Hello? No, there's nobody there. Hello? Do you think the lorry's looking at me going, we're going to have you. We're going to have you, flash boy. <laughs> I'd laugh. I'd laugh. Uh, Steve, I got fined, uh, says Lisa, £240 in October for taking my children on holiday one week. 
who both previously had 100%, 100% attendance. If I didn't pay, I was threatened with a criminal record. I've now just had a letter from the school extending that same week into half term, saying it's important family time. Do you think I'll get the money back? No. No, I don't think so. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I'd, I'm kind of torn on it. I understand where parents are coming from. I understand absolutely that, you know, you're looking for the best deals to try and get the kids. Because, you know, when it gets to half term, up go the prices. They do it deliberately. It's like, you know, all of a sudden when you go to a florist, if it's sort of a big event, a funeral or whatever, up go the price of the flowers. The rest of the time, they're just sort of clinging on to life, aren't they? So I feel sorry for parents who have to say it, but I, I don't think you're going to get your money back. I definitely don't. I don't know where it goes to. Perhaps it goes into some sort of pot, I think. Steve, you don't need to go to Edinburgh to see the tattoo when Hounslow and Slough tattoos are so much closer. Thank you, Jamie. Actually, I, I did see somebody the other day. They were talking about... They, they, they were talking about tattoos. And, uh, and people were saying, oh, I think I'll have a tattoo. Because David Beckham's just about his 15 millionth tattoo. I mean, he's so trailer trash. And, and you look at him, and you just feel a bit sorry for him. But there was a bloke on the television the other day. It was one of these... Uh, oh, it was a Jeremy Kyle show. I remember that, because I had to have a drink of Prosecco to try and get me through it, because I, I feel a kinship to them. You might as well be as drunk as they are. And, and this was a classic case of mum, chav mum, chav daughter, both... But, well, mum was sort of not as foul-mouthed as daughter, who was very foul-mouthed, and the two brothers and a girlfriend, and one of them stole money from the mother. And it was very interesting because they did the lie detector test. And at one point, Jeremy, who is like, you know, the mistress of darkness, who stands there on the programme and he says to the mother, one of these three people on this stage stole your money. Dum, dum, dum. But of course, the audience by this time are baying for blood. Kill them, hang them, get them out there, rip the clothes off them and flay them alive. It's, it's a bit like that. It is like bear baiting. And so he goes to the first one who, who, like, gets up in the morning. He says, yeah, I get up in the morning, he said, and I go and get a bit of bud. And so Jeremy goes, oh, Budweiser. No, mate, bud. He went, bud. He was talking about cannabis. Well, actually, I think bud is uh, um, the one up from cannabis, which is called, I can't remember, skunk. That's right. How funny you should know that. And... Um, Exactly. I couldn't remember it. I can remember it. Sorry, I can remember everything else, but I can't remember Skunk. And so he said, I go and get a bit of bud. And sort of Jeremy said, kind of looks blankly. Because he's, you'd think actually, years of working with, with some of the lowest chavs in the country, by now he'd have picked up all the lingo, but he pretended he didn't know what it was on about. And so he goes, so we asked you, did you steal the money? You said no. Why did you say no? He said, because I was telling the truth. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was quite articulate. He had been in prison for thieving before, so that kind of made him one of the chief suspects. I had him down straight away. I was lining up the firing squad. And, uh, and he went, because you were telling the truth? He said he was telling the truth. So that then left the two, the fat bird, who looked like she was guilty of everything. I mean, you'd have pinned her. And so uh, he says, um, he said, did you take the money? She went, no. He said, have you ever stolen? No. Are you sure? When I was younger... And it turned out they'd all thieved. They'd all thieved. Yeah, it was only 12 and 13. Was that for greed or need, he said. Greed or need. Greed is when you just see something you, and you take it. And, um, and it, it was interesting, because then, then it came to the other poor one, whose name, I think, was Connor. So Connor, of course, was the one taken out, you know, to be executed. And, and, he, and he, But up until the moment, up until the moment, he was putting his arms around his mum, going, I didn't take it, I didn't take it. And Jeremy Carr's going, but you did. The lie detector says that you did take it. What can you do? 
What can you do about it? And he was, he was like a child, like a petulant child who, you say, did you do that? No. You did, didn't you? I didn't. Did you do that? I didn't. Yes, you did. I didn't. When did you do it? I didn't do it. And eventually, they work it into their own psyche that they didn't do it. But you know damn well they did. And this bloke had the word guilt. And, of course, Jeremy went, I can read it in your eyes, he said. I thought, blimey, there's a new trick. What if Simon Cowell's seen that one? I can read it in your eyes, guilty. Well, we can do away with courts and everything. We could just parade people in front of Jeremy Kyle, and he can declare innocent, guilty. Really guilty? OK, we're sending you to Australia. And, uh, and, th- and do it like that. And this bloke is still... Then so they all storm off stage. The mother's going, I can't believe it. But she didn't want to appear to be dissing her own son on air, who was a thief. The other one was a druggie and a thief. And then there was, and there was the other girl, and we didn't really sort of bother about her too much at all. But the other bloke is still, still protesting his innocence. Jeremy Carl's leaning up against the wall in his sort of butch pose. So, come on, mate. You know, why don't you just fess up to your mother? By this time, mother started the crying act. So we had to contend like that. I was a bit bored. And so I switched channels. And it was then that I decided I was going to watch The Sound of Music. I decided I couldn't watch anything else. Uh, Malcolm says, every time I see Rylan on television, I can't help but think of Dr Teeth from The Muppets. I know. Um, you mentioned the Royal Tournament, Steve. And uh, I did it for ten years with the King's Troop uh, Royal Horse Artillery. Sad sight to see the venue being raised to the ground. I loved it. Do you know, I loved the Royal Tournament, buddy, who's in Kent... Uh, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it celebrated the armed forces in this country. I thought it celebrated everything that was good about them and it became competitive. You know, that's that's what, you know, that's the way I looked at it. But obviously the government at the time, I think, absolutely hated it. They didn't like, uh, they didn't like anything like that at all. Whereas I did. Forces family, you know, you've got to, uh, got to be uh, supportive of the boys as I am. That's why I always say to you every year, if you want to go see something that is the most patriotic thing you will ever see in your entire life, go to the Festival of Remembrance. Book now, as they say. If you can book now, I would book now for it. If you're, if you're seriously, you know, a very patriotic person and you like the flag waving and the mass bands and, uh, and the whole royal family turning up and the government en masse and every It's just the most amazing thing you will ever see in your entire life. Royal Festival... Uh, sorry, the, uh, the Royal Albert Hall for the Festival of Remembrance. Two shows... One in the afternoon and one, I think, about uh, six, seven o'clock, something like that. It's worth going to, I promise you. And if you, if you want to see how good it is, go on to YouTube. You can probably find the Royal Tournament, but he'll probably tell me that you can, on YouTube as well. Just type in Royal Tournament and it'll put up different years. Festival of Remembrances, you get lots of people like Catherine Jenkins and people reading. It's always got, it's got the sad bits. It's got the real bits where you just have to get your hanky out and have a good old weep. A bit like me watching the... Uh, <laughs> Watching the sound of music the other day, I found myself crying at the end of the film. It's pathetic, really. Don't ask me why. I, mind you, I can sit in front of the computer on YouTube before I do this program, making myself cry. I don't deliberately do it. I was watching Celtic Tiger from Michael Flatley. My God, he chucks it all in on this show. The, the dancers that he uses were just brilliant. So I've watched that loads of times, and then magically that led me to an Irish girls' choir who uh, who appeared on Britain's Got Talent, singing that song. I don't know what it's called. When... That one there. I think the words were made up. And it doesn't help, does it? I'm not singing it very well. Yeah. <laughs> 
Somebody will know. Somebody will write in and go, I know exactly what it is you're singing because there'll be somebody brilliant out there. I had three customers, says Jason the Bailiff, this month who also said uh, that they weren't paying their fine for taking the children out of school. So wrong they were. Each paid between five fifty and £1,200. I know. I mean, I, I, I do warn people. And I do say to people, listen, if they say there's a fine of 250 quid and you'll pay it and they go, well, I'm not paying it. You will pay it. They will come round. They will arrest you. It's as simple as that. You can do nothing about it. You will end up paying it. It's like, you know, when I got caught in the bus lane because I had to turn the car round to let a bus go past me. I got caught by the camera. So that cost me £65. In fact, actually, that was the funny thing. My bank manager phoned me and said, I'm looking at your... Um, your visa statement, or, well, it's not visa, it's something else. And, uh, and she said, what's £65? Because it didn't say Richmond Borough Council, it said something, something. And I was, rac- I said, I've got no idea. I said, I said is it exactly 65 quid? You know what it's like when you, when you put something on a card? And I did it immediately online. I paid the fine, because I don't want anything coming back to me, and them going, you didn't pay this, you didn't pay that. So I pay it straight away. It could have been 130 pay it within a week, and it's £65. And so she said, well, why don't you phone them up and see what it is? I didn't need to. I just went on to the uh, onto Google and I put in the initials of whatever this thing was, and up came Richmond Borough Council. Uh, fine. So I then went. I've uh, I've just checked. It was me being in the bus lane. A little bit silly of me, but there you go. And um, <laughs> Andrew in Shepherd's Bush says, "I've just seen Daly's Olympic pants." I know. I think we probably directed more people to Google today to look at to- uh, Tom Daly in his micro uh, pants. Uh, if they get washed. Uh, on any programme above 30 degrees, they'll be fitting an action man. Well, they're certainly snug. Certainly snug. It's his speedos, because apparently, if you do competitive swimming, and I speak as somebody standing before you now naked as a competitive uh, swimmer, and because uh, I never wore speedos. I can't wear things like that. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ludicrous. So you get to a certain age, and you have to wear sort of shorts. Or in my case, the full burka. I've got no intention. I'm like, I'm like, take me out of a Victorian bathing machine. A burkini. A burkini. That, that would suit Steve Allen very well. But they have to take me out of one of those bathing machines, which they push to the water's edge, and I glide in gracefully. Because I do remember seeing pictures of people, do you remember I told you, who had knitted swimming costumes. And so when you went in the water, the crotch dropped down to your knees. It was the most peculiar sight, but nobody could afford it. LBC News Time, 5.30. The... Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to uh, six is the time. Little Julie, in uh, in her guise of going off to musicals, is going off with Winnie to see Sunset Boulevard at the London Coliseum. My friend Paul went to see it, and he loved it, but he loved Showboat better. He loves Showboat better. He loves Showboat better than just about anything in the entire world. And you remember I was going off yesterday to the uh, to the sorting office to go and pick up my parcel, which turned out to be some uh, some magic that I'd bought from a company in America. I just think the whole postal system is brilliant. I really do. We couldn't work out earlier on when Ian was telling us about PHX, and I didn't know what it stood for. Apparently it's Phoenix. Phoenix, how dark. I mean, of course, if you work in America, you're supposed to know these things, but I've got no idea about anything like that. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, so, let's have a quick look, shall we? Oh, the story. I think people are going to like this one today. I think James O'Brien's going to like this one. The political crashness. Uh, and the reason it's crashness is because it's a too-white nursery. Inspectors have downgraded a children's nursery from outstanding for being too-white... And British. 
Doesn't quite make any sense, does it? Parents are furious after Ofsted criticised its lack of cultural diversity, despite the local population being about 98% white. Town and county kiddies in Market Raisin in Leicestershire uh, was also wrapped for a lack of posters showing black and Asian faces. I've never heard of such a thing. I really haven't. Anyway, and uh, they've actually said it's political correctness gone mad. Indian shopkeeper... Amajit uh, Matu, whose daughter uh, and son Manpa went to the nursery, said, we were always very happy with the cultural mix there. You know, we've, um, we're have we Indian Sikh, and I remember all the kids celebrating Diwali. They also celebrated Chinese New Year. This is balmy political correctness. Mums and dads drop the kids off. They're safe, cared for. I don't think any of them pay any attention to the cultural mix. Well, that's what I said to you before. Kids don't know what you're talking about. If they're five and seven and three and four, what do you mean political, you know, correctness? They don't even understand what that means. And, you know, uh, ethnic diversity? No. And who's this here? This is my friend uh, Manu and this is Ranjit. And that's what they know them as. They don't see anything else. It's just barking mad people here. Nursery owner Louise said, Inspector said more pictures of people from ethnic cultures were needed on the walls. That's ridiculous. I've never done really like it. Anyway, the comment had yesterday been pulled from the website about uh, Ofsted. Uh, the original report says staff do not provide enough opportunity for children to develop a strong sense of belonging and to learn about people different to themselves. Oh, Ofsted, off. go away. Grow up. Stop being so stupid. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, temporarily, they, they've withdrawn these comments after the, uh, the backlash. Uh, parents are demanding it retain the original status. The comments pulled from their website. A new report said that staff actively promote children's understanding of people from different backgrounds. An Ofsted spokeswoman, you can just imagine, can't you, uh, said, uh, we're now reviewing the case. The regional director is seeking to speak to the owner. You can imagine, can't you? I think we need some more ethnic pictures on the walls. What for? There's 98%, you know, normal people in this place, and they, they send the kids. They don't have any worries about it, do they? Prince Harry admitted his fondness for wearing women's tights, calling them fantastic. Gets more disturbing and more like Princess Margaret every day, doesn't he, really? I've, I've kind of lost the will to live when it comes to Prince Harry. I think we just leave him to sort of toddle through his, uh, toddle through his life. Uh, the farmer, who decided yesterday to get his own back. Uh, this is on Emma Thompson. Uh, she was out yesterday with her sister Sophie, staging a bizarre Bake Off-inspired fracking protest. And uh, the actress flouted a court injunction to trespass on land earmarked for drilling. Lovey Emma, who inspired the son's shut your cake hole uh, front page after a misery-laden grey old island put up a marquee and bunting for a cookery contest. But just as she and Celebrity Masterchef winner Sophie started filming, Greenpeace backed the frack-free bake-off. The farmer turned up with his muck spreader and he started spraying them. How hilarious. How hilarious. She was uh, breaking a thing. They called the uh, the police over. What is it with actresses and people like that who want to get involved in something they know nothing about? She was protesting and she got rightly covered. It was also probably... Um, he was inspired by a farmer who turned up years and years ago at uh, Hampton Court Green. They have a big funfair on there, but they'd been invaded by travellers who had come down. There was about 100 wagons which turned up, and what they do is the flatbed trucks go off and sort of dump their rubbish all over the place. And uh, the farmer 
who was manuring it, uh, gave them fair warning. He said, listen, I'm telling you, this needs manuring. We have to look after this uh, this grass. It's, it's very precious round here. And so they went, yeah, pfft, all that kind of baloney. Anyway, started spraying. They couldn't get the wagons off the site quick enough. You know, because once you start getting manure, pig slurry all over the place, you move pretty fast. And luckily they were able to move fast, proving that it does work. You can get rid of people. Uh, luckily the heating's working on the train from Ely to King's Cross, says Louise. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine who complains about that. He complains about heat. He'll get on the train and go, oh, Steve, it's cold on here this morning, isn't it? And I go, because he's, he's got this Reynard's disease, which is where he feels the cold more. Than... I said, put gloves on. He won't wear gloves. He won't wear gloves. I said, put gloves on if you've got that. Sorry, the more you keep looking at little Tom Daly. I say little Tom Daly in his little Speedos. Then you look at these ridiculous... They don't... These things do not say Olympics to me. They do not say Olympics at all. They just look naff. Why can't we just have something that says Great Britain or something like that? Put the flag on there. Makes it so much easier. Weather for you today. I know at 20 to 6 you're dying to let me uh, get my teeth on this one. Rain later. Dry, sunny spells. Cold, dry start. Few showers in the morning. Then they'll die out later in the afternoon. Thickening cloud, bringing outbreaks of rain to most parts during the evening. And... Um, and so it goes on, I'm afraid. Friday, generally dry throughout the day. Some sunny spells, especially over northern parts of the region. Southern coastal counties may remain rather cloudy. Quite breezy as well. And Saturday, what have we got here? Sunny spells and a few showers on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, mostly dry and bright. Early rain on Monday, followed by sunshine and showers. Windy Sunday and Monday becoming less cold. That's all right. At least it doesn't say snow, does it? Which I suppose is the, uh, it's the one thing we're all hoping it's not going to say. Although I personally am thinking I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of snow. Not not huge amount of snow. Not huge amount of snow. Uh, other stories here. Oh, I didn't want to bring you the cat. I don't want to bring you the cat story. I've decided. Uh, they say the cat killer has beheaded another two victims. And they've got, no, there's got to be some sort of CCTV footage, hasn't there? I mean, could they not? I was going to say, could they not put a sort of a, a decoy cat out there to capture somebody? Of course, that'd be quite dangerous, wouldn't it? Perhaps a cat with a with a collar on that's got a camera fitted in it or something like. This is this has got to be some sick person. This person, they. I mean, I don't believe it's just one person now. I believe it's quite a, a few people who jump on the back. It's never just one person who's sick in the head, is it? Hundred and fifty cats so far. Hundred and you know, it's really quite bad. It was like there was a zoo in Norway, one of their most popular attractions. The other day, they decided to throw the carcass of a zebra to the uh, to the tigers, minus its head, as if that's going to put people off. And so they uh, they threw that in there, and people were up in arms, up in arms. And yet, I remember on this program reporting to you some years ago that there is a zoo in China where you can pay to feed the lions, depending on how much you want to pay. I think it's about a hundred dollars for a cow live. A live cow, or you can, you know, buy chickens for a couple of dollars each, and these are fed to the animals, and you can watch them feeding. And so they're wild lions, and the procedure is that you pay your $100 for a cow or whatever it is. The cow is loaded onto a trailer, and it's driven into the arena where all the lions are sitting around waiting, and then they just tip it out. And the cow's sort of standing there, and the lions are going, lunch! And that's it. and people stand there and watch it. So I wasn't totally surprised by a zebra. I mean, I'm not daft enough to think they don't feed them with uh, with meat. Um, what else do we have in the papers for today? Uh, the BHS gift card con. This is uh, customers blasted the store off being told to spend double the value of gift cards to use them. The rule was brought in when the trouble chain went to ad- into administration. Shauna Carter uh, wanted to use a £40 card given to her as a Mother's Day present, but was told she had to spend £80 
So, in other words, 40 on the card, and then you spend another 40, which seems a little bit odd, doesn't it? Not sure about that one at all. Uh, also, the uh, beating the sickies, puffing an e-cigarette. The news is full on the television of these e-cigarettes, of people blowing out copious amounts of smoke. I mean, you get more smoke from these than, than from cigarettes. But it seems to be popular, and they're saying it's better for you. I'm not totally convinced. Uh, Adiamus. It's a series of vocalised albums by Welsh composer Carl Jenkins. That's right. It's made up, isn't it? That's the music. It's just made up words. I'm totally convinced. There was another one which was done a short while ago, and it was supposed to be uh, North American Indians doing their chanting. But again, it was all just made up words. It wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't speaking any particular language or, or dialect. So it's Carl Jenkins. Thank you. The album is the first of the three called Songs of Sanctuary. And it was used years ago on the Delta Airlines ad, says Jan in Aldershot. I knew you'd know. I knew you would know. It's just, it's amazing, isn't it? Adi Amos, but I'm totally convinced it's, it's made up. Totally convinced it's made up. Whatever it is, it's very pretty. And this girl choir, who sing it on Britain's Got Talent, I thought were very good, from, uh, from Ireland. Uh, talking of uh, Britain's Got Talent, the upside-down pianist is embroiled in a new fakery scandal over claims that he's a Guinness World Record holder. Colin Fingers Henry, I mean, he's been playing his piano upside down for years. This is, this is not a new act uh, in any way, shape or form. He's said to have told bosses he won it for the longest time playing whilst balancing on his head. But the organisation, this is the Guinness uh, Book of Records, says there's no such accolade. Uh, he was on New Faces, this man, Colin, he's 68. And in an interview he says, I've even got the world record for playing the piano upside down. So the bosses on Britain's Got Talent, wrote in the official information pack that he holds the Guinness World Record. But a Guinness spokesman said, we currently do not recognise this record. He's a loved individual on the show. It was really unexpected, and they were hoping that it was true, but it wasn't true. But then, you know, if you go through people's CVs, people tell almost awful fibs. Tell the most awful fibs on it, you know, because most people don't check CVs. They don't, I mean, I've not done a CV for years, but nobody ever checks the things. Nobody ever goes, oh, he was employed by, you know, Radio Bing Bong Booley or something or wherever it is. You know, they do. Should we phone them up and check? Nobody ever does that nowadays. I used to know one company and they used to check all their people. They used to make them write a handwritten letter and they would get the writing analysed. Which I thought was a very dangerous procedure. <laughs> you know, they'd say, we used to, I did a graphologist on my programme years ago and, um, I won't tell you her name because it was very funny, but everything had some sexual connotation. I mean, everything was to do with sex. You know, you're wise to that. That indicates, you know, deep sexual repression. And this indicates that you're a sex maniac and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so what we did, we sort of uh, we went on air and we said, right, this is the she's a graphologist. If you would like to send in examples of your handwriting next week, we'll select a few. Well, little were we prepared for the amount that came in on the first week alone. More than 2000 letters came in. And how many could we do in the programme? Six. I mean, we had more. (laughs) <laughs> more examples of people's handwriting building up than we could shake a stick at. It was dreadful. It was really awful. So in the end, because then people started writing going, listen, I wrote you four weeks ago and you still haven't done my, uh, my you know, anal- uh, anal- analysis of my handwriting. And I said, well, she can't do it. She can't get through anymore because it takes her ages to go there and work out, you know, this and that. And so in the end, we had to abandon it. But uh, at the time, it was very funny. 14 to 6. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Thank you very much indeed to my uh, my friend Sean, who uh, who sent me a nice picture of a car covered in snow in Derbyshire. And uh, so that's what snow looks like. My God, that car's a bit rough, isn't it? But anyway, it looks much better with the snow on it. We didn't, I don't think we get that, uh, or we didn't get that much snow down down here at all. But thank you very much indeed for all the, uh, the people who have been tweeting 
to me, which is at Steve Allen Show, about the sound of music, which is very good, and everybody seems to uh, to like it. Seems to be everybody. Even Deanne says the airwaves are alive with the sound of Steve Allen, which I quite like the sound of. And uh, Suzanne as well. Uh, Aid says I've never seen it. Never seen it. I don't look at your picture. It doesn't look like your kind of film, actually, for some reason. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. And uh, somebody says, uh, Steve, it's a comfort food film. It's a feel-good movie. Certainly is. And uh, Sally says, same here. Halinka loves it. One of my favourite films. And uh, Karen says, best film ever. And uh, and James says, that's one long movie. I love it. It's funny, isn't it? You, You sort of do... You do these things. Battle, they had snow the other day, says, uh, says Rudy. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, let's wait and see what we get over, over this weekend, shall we? Hooraya sent me in a picture of the pine berries. Now, we had those the other week. Paul Cooper had them in ages ago. They were given to him by Cheney's. And so I like them. And what they are is they're, they're a cross between uh, sort of a strawberry with a hint of pineapple taste to it. So they call them pine berries, and they're back in store. They're not cheap. I didn't think they, they were cheap at all, but they're, uh, they're actually quite nice. It's all part of this sort of fitness thing, isn't it? People like them. People are making smoothies. People are coming in, and they're picking up this, and there's ginger, and sliced ginger into it, and everything else. It looks, looks lovely. Uh, so over at Asda, they've got a bit of a, a, bit of a price trick. Uh, they've been wrapped over deals, tricking shoppers into believing they're bagging a bargain. It's now agreed to change some of its offers after a watchdog probe. The Competition and Markets Authority looked into how all supermarkets was, stroke now, offers and multi-buy deals, but had specific areas of concern with Asda. It found items discounted for longer than the advertised higher price, including Gillette Simply Venus 2 disposable razors at £2 for 37 days, then 97p, for 86 days. Multi-buys sometimes cost more, uh, such as when a single litre of Robinson's orange squash was upped from the usual £1 to £1.59 during a £2-for-£2.50 offer. The CMA, which launched the probe after a complaint from which, said Asda had made a commitment to change the deals. In other words, they're lying. And, you know, they've made a commitment to change the deals. Listen, be very careful. You know, once people think they're being hoodwinked, they'll wander off somewhere else. And once you've lost them, you'll never get them back. So be careful. I mean, all the supermarkets, as the Sun have said, uh, use these tactics. But uh, but the suggestion is Asda were doing it on a bigger scale. However, Asda fell out with which in 2012 over its rollback pricing. Insiders say which held a grudge and pushed the CMA to name and shame the store. But if they're doing something that's wrong, then we should be told about it. So I applaud Witch for doing that. I'm, I, do, I do read Witch every... How they fill it, I've got no idea. But anyway, you know, if you're being cheated by something, and it's, it's not a case of whether somebody's got a grudge, it's a case of, are we being cheated? Yes. Should it be exposed? Yes. Has something been done about it? Yes. End of story. I know, I can't understand these people bleating and getting on their little soapboxes. Nathan Sykes, his video uh, for Hot New Track, Give It Up has been banned for being too raunchy. Too raunchy. Do you know he's huge in America? And uh, so they were revealing this week that the uh, the Wanted's breakout solo star gets intimate in a bedroom with a sexy girl. But a lot of music channels have uh, have deemed it 
far too sexual for daytime television. <laughs> That's got to be good news, isn't it? I like the idea of something's too sexual for daytime television. That drums up interest as far as I'm concerned. I shall be checking out Nathan Sykes's uh, video a little bit later on. The university graduate is the story that we got our teeth into a little bit earlier on. And uh, she's been jailed. She lied to police. Her name's uh, Aisha Ahmed. She claimed another person was driving the car and gave officers a false name and address to keep a clean licence. So she's a crook. Uh, she later admitted paying £450 to a so-called legal expert for the details. Police rumbled the loophole scam when speeding offences were registered in eight different drivers who never lived at the addresses given. Ahmed, who comes from the West Midlands, had been clocked twice in her BMW at 39 miles an hour and 40 in a 30-mile-an-hour zone near her home. She said she believed she'd paid a specialist speeding lawyer. Ahmed's a policy, a politics graduate. She told police she was being followed at the time of the offences last July and uh, police said she was lying again. It's like the Jeremy Carl show, isn't it? And so wh wh why did you say that you were being followed? Because I was being followed. Uh, the, uh, the system says you were lying. A footage of the offences proved she was not being followed. So she was found guilty, jailed for only three months. Should have been ten years, actually. Should have been ten years. She never even met the legal expert, didn't have an address or a phone number for him, and paid via a third party. So here she is. Shame on the family. Aisha Ahmed, who comes from the West Midlands. In prison. And uh, do it again. Back in prison again. They don't learn, do they, people? It's OK to sext women. Is this the one that Darren did earlier on? Is this about people sexting things? And apparently a quarter of men believe it's fine to sext other women behind their partner's backs. But sending a naked selfie was less acceptable, with 62% of both sexes saying they would feel very guilty. I mean, who on earth takes, you know, pictures of them? I mean, it's, it's obviously a bit more common than I imagine uh, it is, but I just think it seems absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? People want to take photographs of their bits and then send them on to somebody, whether they know them or whether they don't know them. I did ask a friend of mine the other day, I said, on your phone, I said, you haven't got naked pictures, and they went, no, why would I? I said, oh, I don't know, I'm just, just curious. Apparently, most school children seem to be doing this. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, 84850 steve at uk. And uh, Andrew says, I've just put on an old pair of Speedos that haven't seen the light of day for years. Stood in front of the mirror, imaging. I was on the stage. I do look like Daly. Arthur Daly. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Yes, I mean, it's only people like Tom Daly who can actually look good in a pair of Speedos. And Steve Allen looks fairly good in a pair of Speedos, just that nobody's... It has to be done privately. We're certainly not going to be sharing it. Jill says, I saw the show Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Great acting, singing and costumes. Good show, isn't it? Very, very good show. Very, very good show. Very lively. Yes, we know somebody called Bridget who's seen it more... I think she's practically in the show, to be honest. She's seen it more times than anybody else. On the subject of electric uh, blankets, Melanda said, I have an electric blanket that was a Christmas present. I haven't had one for years. They're superb now. I leave mine on a timer. And uh, my little foundling kitten, Billy, loves it as well. Oh, I bet... I bet. There was something nice about... You know, whenever we used to... If ever we did sort of trips out to London, we got back home in the early hours of the morning, first thing my mum would do is rush upstairs, turn on the electric blanket to take the chill off the bed. That's how good my parents were. They would take the chill off the bed. Uh, but uh, people don't have it now because they have central heating. We didn't have central heating. It, it took us a long time till we got central heating. And then, to be honest with you, it was... Um, 
it was so blooming hot, we used to have to turn it off and put the windows open. Because if you've never had central heating, it was, uh, it was absolutely... It was lovely. Middle of winter, you could look out and see the snow coming down. But, God, dear, honestly. I can't even remember where the boiler was. Might have been in the kitchen. I just remember copper piping going everywhere. Up the stairs and everything. And so, you know, we, we all went toasty, toasty, toasty. Uh, the uh, couple's in the paper today. They're in the, uh, in the sun. And they've got something very important missing from their relationships. Sex. All admit to feeling frustration at no longer being intimate, while a recent study of 216 newlyweds found that having regular sex meant not just a happier life, but a healthier one too, as it lowered blood pressure and the risk of heart disease. And um, so they've got a couple here. Our only day off, they say, is Sunday, and we're too tired to do anything. Imagine going in the papers and telling people that. Because they had a thing the other day on sort of people who are having... Uh, regular SEX. And so I, I said to the producer yesterday, yesterday, day before, I said, what, what's regular sex? I mean, how many, how many times a day is that? And he said, one. I thought, every day? He said, yeah. And I said, oh, right. I said, you don't think maybe once a year is a bit excessive? And he said, no. And then we went to the break and he said to me, he said, actually, he said, I probably think twice a day. I said, twice a day? Sex maniacs, honestly. Twice a day, can you imagine? Never heard anything like it. Exactly. That's why he doesn't get out and get any sunshine. He's spending all his time under the duvet. Twice a day. Have you ever heard of such a thing, lady? I mean, even people who get married now don't even bother with twice a day. It's like the old Joan Rivers thing, isn't it? You know, do you want to do it? Oh, no, catch you tomorrow. You know, and people, people can't be bothered. Years ago, people go, oh, yeah, and I see television programmes. And I've suddenly realised I must be on another planet. Twice a day. I went into deep shock. Deep shock. Uh, stories in the papers as we head towards the news at six o'clock this morning. The pets being dumped because they're too demanding. This is the celebrity craze for handbag dogs. Uh, four now becomes three. Mel C doesn't want to go out with the Spice Girls reunion. Very shortly, just be, ladies and gentlemen, a Spice Girl. And, uh, and Grumpy Spice will turn up or something like that. Uh, the over 65 weddings, that's the age of 65 at an all time high. The rare Chinese vase picked up for 12 quid, sold for nearly a million, a million. And the cycling chief who's quit after calling disabled athletes wobblies. You see, I, th- I mean, I just, you can't believe that some of these people in this day and age get away with things like that. And uh, people saying, you'll never recognise Madeline, it's nine years on, but the police think they've got a lead. We've heard that before, haven't we? News at six is next. On. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 28th of April, as we sort of head through to the bank holiday weekend. You have remembered it's the bank holiday weekend, haven't you? Uh, Prince, they say, this is the story doing the rounds in America, which we told you about about uh, three days ago. There was a rumour that he was uh, HIV positive, and uh, it was uh, that which killed him. Uh, They still don't know. This is just appearing in various papers over in America. The Hillsborough Force Chief to step down. Hospitals braced for five days of A&E chaos. Uh, Three named suspects in the the Madeleine McCann story. We were told there was one more lead. They now think it was a burglary. Where they've come up with that one from, I've got no idea. And Faulty Towers. It's just now a pile of rubble. A dim and distant memory, ladies and gentlemen, as, uh, as we go back to those halcyon days... Of, uh, of Sybil Faulty and Basil Faulty and the crazy goings-on at the maddest hotel that you've ever uh, been to. Uh, so Jill says she went to see Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, last night, and I said that Bridget's seen it loads of times. How many times do you think Bridget's seen it? 
20 times, 30 times, 40 times, 100 times, 106 times she's seen it. She says, I'm going twice on Saturday. I'm going to need therapy, she says, when the tour finishes. That you need therapy now. Hundred. I've never heard of anybody who's seen... Oh, actually, I might know people who've seen... 106 times. That's quite amazing, isn't it? That, uh, it's quite amazing. Wendy says there's a petition uh, to see if the government will increase the sentence for animal murders recently committed. Um, I'll have to check that one out uh, at the moment. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm so horrified by anybody who can do any harm to animals, especially cats who sort of are generally friendly by their by their nature. So I just really... I'm just amazed that there's nobody who can find out, you know, who it is or what it is. Uh, Manuel says, in regards to the driverless lorries tested in Germany, do you think they got lost? That's why they're coming to the UK. I don't know. They're going to be on the M6, apparently. Avoid the M6. That's my advice. Uh, the front-page story of the Mirror Today, Prince, was it AIDS? which is the story I just uh, read out to you. The Hillsborough Top Cop acts now for the rest. And uh, inside, uh, God will cure my AIDS. This is what they're saying about Prince, but as I say, it's, um, it's one of these stories that started in America and they've just picked it up over here. Uh, spread the lovey, and here she is. This is uh, Emma Thompson. She turned into Nanny McPhee. Well, an angry farmer tried to turn her into Nanny McPhee uh, when he sprayed her fracking protest with liquid manure. That uh, Emma and sister Sophie showed true Dunkirk spirit, Dung, okay, uh, as they carried on with a fake bake-off. But uh, they were there. She said, we don't need fracked gas to keep Britain baking. Fracking will pollute this countryside. They, I suppose it's given her a bit of publicity, but the farmer's a little bit, uh, little bit fed up with people wandering onto his land again. Uh, also, the story of the 11-year-olds who are being targeted in net revenge porn attacks... I know, the whole world's gone completely, completely, utterly mad. The cycling chief who has quit, and this is Shane Sutton. Uh, He's 58. Uh, He sensationally resigned amid claims he called disabled athletes wobblies and gimps. I mean, sometimes if you're in a position like that, why would you ever want to say something that is going to be so offensive? I mean, I know nowadays people are offended, aren't they? To be honest with you, I'm sure some disabled people listening are going, well, listen, I call myself a wobbly as well. But, you know, that's not the point. It's not up to him to do that. And so it's a bullying row. And so he's uh, he's stepped down. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Talking, uh, where's he from? Oh, tell me. Is he from Australia? Oh, Lord above, honestly. They're all mad, aren't they, in Australia? I think the whole play, play, the whole country's gone mad, I think, at the moment. Uh, they've certainly gone mad when they designed the uh, the Olympic, the swimwear's not quite there. As Tom Daly demonstrated, uh, Tom Daly, who is utterly charming and utterly wonderful and utterly lovely, and they obviously said, would you like to wear uh, your Speedos, which, of course, he's been wearing Speedos for ages for swimming because it's, it's part of the aerodynamics. So you have to shave your body. Yes, you have to shave your body, and it gets you through the water quicker. I discovered this as a water baby myself, of uh, many years standing, and so... Actually, I remember I did used to have a trainer at the Barbican, and we, we, we trained for, uh, for something years and years ago. We did something for, for LBC. And, and the trainer used to cycle, but he used to shave his legs and everything because of the aerodynamics... Apparently he went faster, and I think Tom Daly will tell you that to get through the water quicker, you've got to shave your body, because hair apparently uh, slows you down. Christina Onassis must have been a nightmare, but um, <laughs> I mean that in a caring way. And so they've, uh, they've given Tom Daly the smallest pair of, of pants. You've ever, how they stay up, I've got no idea. Willpower or superglue, I should imagine. Uh, memories are made of this. 
The superfoods that boost your powers. Now, most of these will be available to you. You know what they are. Uh, some of them sound horrible. Soya milk always sounded ghastly to me. Always ghastly. Spinach, very good for you. Fresh spinach, bag spinach, everything spinach. Uh, walnuts, very good. Barbara Windsor swears by walnuts. She loves them. Broccoli, superfood. Love it. You could do all sorts of things with broccoli. Red wine. Oh, God, how awful. I hate red wine. Hate it. Salmon, uh, rich in heart healthy omega-3 avocados avocados so these are the things you should be buying today spinach avocados walnuts broccoli bottle of red wine seaweed seaweed's very popular sunflower seeds my mother used to sprinkle sunflower seeds on things blueberries superfood green tea we've got we've got green tea in all our kitchens our management have given us green tea i did try it after i had my heart surgery i didn't like it at all but i might try it again oily salad dressings Try and eat more salads. It's good for you. Tomatoes, good for you. Although I spoke to a friend of mine yesterday. His brother's allergic to tomatoes. Dark chocolate. There's nothing uh, bitter about the health benefits of eating a little dark chocolate. It's got caffeine, which aids concentration and is rich in antioxidants. Coconut oil. Coconut oil. I thought you just covered your body in that. And uh, coffee, rich in caffeine. Thank God for that coffee but no more than six cups a day they say no more than six cups a day i don't like to imagine how many cups of coffee i drink a day but i should imagine we're up to six already i think we're up to uh, we're up to six here's a ridiculous picture of silly little show off and this is poor katie price the day after petter kicked off about her horse's shaved backsides the group will be seeing red or fuchsia her horse was dyed pink covered in glitter and sported a tutu and a unicorn horn uh, to launch her new show, Katie Price's Pony Club. I think, actually, it is one hell of a lot of pony. The horse appeared to be in a bit of discomfort, as was Katie's husband, Kieran Hayden. Well, I say husband. Let's call him the current one, shall we? Kieran, who was wheeled out in a sparkling blue unicorn outfit like Katie. Oh, dear. The big disaster hits the very tiny screen and disappears. She was dumped last time. From, uh, from Katie Price's dreary reality show. This one where she's painted horses. Animal lovers going to be up in arms. Up in arms over it. You don't paint horses. You know, I mean, what is this woman? Is she just tremendously stupid? Or just, is she sort of working her way up to it? Nobody will recognise my Madeline, nine years old. The McCanns uh, to have a new picture made for age 13 to help their hunt. But this is just guesswork. They have no idea at all. You know, you can say, this is what she'll look like. So people then go, oh, right, that's what she's going to look like. Because the only picture you've got in your mind is what she looked like when she disappeared. She would turn 13 next month. But uh, I think they're, they're no nearer finding anything at all. Uh, they say in one of the papers, I think they, they were saying that they think they've actually got a, a lead and they're looking for, for three people. Uh, and I think that appeared in the... Might have been in the Daily Star. Let me just have a, just have a quick look here, just, to, just in case, because if it is in here, then I can tell you exactly what... There we go. Maddie Burglars face new cop quiz. They say British police are convinced they know what happened to Madeleine McCann and think they spoke to her attackers. Well, I mean, what this has just emerged now, has it? Having told us, Bernard Hogan Howe, the other day, that there was only one lead they were going for. Detectives say they can still crack the case despite Bernard Hogan Howe saying they're only chasing one final lead before the investigation is shelved. The theory is the tot was taken after, after disturbing burglars who'd been targeting, targeting the Portuguese holiday block where her family was staying. So in, other, so, in other words, the burglars have been targeting this block in Pride Luche, and it's the first we've ever heard of it after, what, how many years? 
and they've never mentioned it before. So people were targeting couples in there. What a load of old baloney, really is. And um, police believe three suspects they've been pursuing hold the key to the nine-year mystery. Yeah, well, let's, let's believe it when we see it, shall we? Let's believe it when we see it. Uh, Prince Harry out there swearing on the radio and telling us he wears women's tights. I know, shades of Princess Margaret all over again. And a coroner has warned against using outdated electric blankets. Uh, David Jackson suffered fatal burns when the device set light to his bed. I mean, he had a 30-year-old electric blanket, and I would have thought that 30 years ago, the uh, electricity wiring, the wiring of these blankets, uh, would be fairly fragile after 30 years. And so there would be a danger that you would plug it into the wall. I always remember they used to have the cord coming down the side of the bed with an orange light on it, signified that the blanket was actually, uh, was actually working. But uh, his set fire. And so he died as a result. So be warned, there are dangers out there. Be easier to go and get a hot water bottle. Although, to be honest with you, you'll probably find, actually, that a lot of people say, well, hot water bottles can be dangerous because they contain boiling hot water. Well, I've never had one leak as yet. Mind you, there is always a first time, is there not? Uh, The time now, just coming up to 6.15. It's LBC News time. The latest headlines. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. Well, it is. It's uh, Thursday, and uh, we don't have any uh, any rain as yet, but it might be around later on. Just hope it doesn't rain till I get home. Just want to try and get a few little bits and pieces done today. Phil Vickery is with us this morning. He says, "Re Asda, if it's not right, it's wrong. It's plain and simple. Yes, I mean, I agree. I'm not interested in, in excuses. You're either telling us the truth or you're telling us a fib. And whether or not it was exposed by which uh, or a watchdog that monitors these things. You know, sometimes we have seen it, haven't we? I've been sent pictures and stuff like that of people saying, this actually isn't a bargain at all. Do you remember the, the MFI sale that went on permanently? MFI used to sell kitchens. I think they bought Sharp Kitchens. And um, they had a sale on, and they used to say, previously sold for 3600 now £199. And you think, when was it sold for 3600 And the law was that as long as one of your branches sold it for 3600 whether it sold any was neither here nor there, but provided it had it up for sale, then they could get away with it. And that's exactly what they did. They would have their branch in Stornoway or something. There was an MFI in, well, it was miles away. It was so far up the country. And uh, they didn't sell anything because they just had all the prices up there. So they could say, you know, previously sold for 3600 now £20. And people think it's a bargain. And so that's what you've got to watch when you go to the supermarkets, you know, buy two of or, or what's the other one that they do on boots? They always say, uh, buy two items, get the third one or the cheapest one free. So I always pick three the same, <laughs> just to see how that confuses the system. But they always say the same, don't they? Every time you go into anywhere now, have you got a boots card? Have you got a Harrods card? Have you got a Selfridges card? No, 10% off. I don't want one. I don't want one. And yet you see people opening their wallets nowadays and they've got hundreds of these cards. Store card drives me mad. I like to keep a tab on everything. I think, no, I don't want to, you know, they go, but you can get 10% off. I don't, oh, here we go. How many have you got? Producers, how many cards is that? How many cards? Is that, what's that one? L- lucky I, Costa Coffee card. Okay, I'm, I've got the Starbucks thing on my phone, so that's probably the same thing, but it's not a card. Right, sportswear. Foyle's Bookshop. Oh, that's quite, quite intelligent so far. Out-of-date macro. So I have Costco. So I'm probably doing the same. And 
Shell, shell, pe- they, I, wonder, I wonder what that was. Somebody kept, when I go in to fill up my car, and I, we have a shell garage in, in Twickenham. I'm sure there's another one, but I've only ever found shell. And they always say, do you have a shell card? Is that what it is? Is it a discount card? Or do they give you, you get, oh, you get a discount after a while. You see, I just, and you have to give over your name and address and stuff like, yeah, see, I won't do that. I never give that away to anybody. I like to remain secret and private. But actually, you're not doing too badly. I mean, most of those, you know, the foils card makes you sound terribly intelligent. Which is very good. But then you went to university, didn't you? There again, I didn't, and I'm fronting the programme. I rest my case. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, So somebody says here, my head office, this is uh, Barry. He says, my head office is just off Brentwood High Street. And as you say, it's very nice and not strewn with awful towie types. No, it's not. I've been to, I used to live in Brentwood, obviously, many, many years ago. But recently, when we've been back, you know, as a a family, we've gone back there. And you don't see the towie types because they're they're generally having the uh, the poly filler plastered onto their faces so they can wander out and down in their ridiculous clothing. But uh, he says, I did have the misfortune of following the multi-untalented Gemma Collins down the high street to see her enter Greg's, the well-known health food venue. She's obviously getting ready to launch a diet DVD. Yes, yes, Greg's, that well-known health food shop. I like things like that. It's, the, it's popular with students, isn't it? In fact, I know students and people in this building who can quote chapter and verse on every single item they make, like the, the lattice this and the, the chicken that, and the, you know, I just know sausage rolls. I don't know anything else at all. Uh, somebody's pointed out, this is quite an interesting thing, actually. If we can have driverless lorries, how is it going to know if there's anybody stowing away in the back? How will it know? And the answer is, it won't. What does it do? Alert the police or something. Uh, warning, warning, warning. Illegals in the back. That, that could be it. But we have them all piling up by the side of the road, won't we? Ridiculous. So I, I worry about the driverless lorries. I don't want to be out there. I really don't, don't want to be out there at all when they're bringing in the driverless lorries. Uh, I did see a programme on the television about a man who's got no arms and no legs. And his, uh, his wife says, she says, I don't see that he's got no arms or legs. I just see his eyes. And how he makes me laugh. She says, walking away never crossed my mind. And uh, it's, a, it's a great bit of hope and a great bit of courage. And uh, it's, it's a family that, that look very happy together. So uh, we like that. We like that. We don't see enough of that, do we, nowadays? Uh, Labour MP suspended by Corbyn as the anti-Semitism scandal grows. I thought Ken Livingstone was losing big time the other day, talking to, uh, to Ian. Also, how caring William... Oh, spare me the histrionics. Helps Kate cope with her secret fears. What could they be? What could they be? Top night out for Harry, who's doing the usual red wine crisps and a bit of Strictly. And uh, Wills' guiding hand that, uh, that helps her, apparently. Ingrid Seward believes the future Queen's only real error has been projecting a boring image in her early years in public life. Yes, I mean, and also, let's stop with the holidays, shall we? Let's stop with the ridiculous holidays, which cost an arm and a leg. We don't need to do them. We don't need to send them over there. Let's try and sort of get Harry... Where can we put Harry? Where can we put... Australia. We could send Harry to Australia. That'd be fairly fairly popular. Uh, There's a man who lost 25 stone, and uh, it's a lot, but, of course, he was... um, They've also got pictures of fat pets in the papers today. But this uh, this bloke lost it to beat the bullies. He did at one point weigh 39 stone and uh, and his waist has gone 30 inches in two years. So he lost 25 stone. I mean, it's taken two years. I know we all want the instant fix, don't we? I don't, you know, I, I know so many people now who are watching them. I mean, I talk to people in the office 
And uh, I always think, you know, if, if you're in if you're in here and there is the temptation of food around, and we're surrounded by food places, and you go, would you like a you know a Ferrero Rocher? And they go, I'm fasting today. There was a lot of fasting. More people in the office fasting than I've ever ever seen before. Uh, and so that's good. But you know, does it actually work? Does it actually work? Why Philip Green needs to pay his pension bill? This is in so many of the papers today. So many of the papers. They're going to keep digging. They're going to keep digging, and they're going to find stuff. You just you just know, don't you? You just know that there's going to be more to come out on this kind of thing. Uh, Read the loyalty cards, Steve. There is an app, I'm sure others are available, called Loyal Live. Load all your store cards on there and you don't have to carry them around. A friend of mine's got something, it's an app, and it's got all the magazines. Everything from Country Life to OK and and stuff like that. And he said, why don't you get it? I said, is it free? And he went, no, of course it's not free. I said, well, I don't want to pay for it. I don't like the idea of stuff going out that I'm not aware of. As I say, I think if you're trying to money manage... I think you have to sort of look after it, and you have to be you have to be fairly fairly good. I think. Um, Tom Daly's a diver, not a swimmer. Cyclists shave their legs for massage. Cliff, don't be so silly. No, they don't. They side it, do it for the aerodynamics. He used to be in the south. No, he's gone up north. So he's now sort of a southern Jesse up north. So he's become a northern Jesse. Uh, somebody's saying Adiamus is Latin for "Let us go." Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. But uh, it was still made up, though. He made up all these words. It's lovely. Check it out. And uh, check out that choir on Britain's Got Talent. I don't know how long ago they were on there, but I thought they were very good indeed. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the three foul-mouthed care staff who tormented a frail granny. And uh, this is shamed. Tracy Priestley, Sophie Hinchcliffe and Danielle Snowden. They all pleaded guilty over the treatment of an 84-year-old woman who has dementia. They were caught on cameras disguised as an alarm clock. And uh, here they are, the vile people who shouldn't be allowed anywhere near elderly people at all. I mean, it was cruelty, plain and simple, said the judge. She suffered at your hands. And so this uh, this camera was disguised in the alarm clock. They became concerned about mistreatment. The court was told the foul-mouthed staff were caught on film asking if she was a witch who practised black magic. I mean, they're ghastly people. Luckily, they're named and shamed in the paper today. Um, none of them went to prison. Bit of a shame, isn't it? I've seen them in prison immediately. I mean, at one time, they used a bandage, which was used to cover an elbow sore, wrapped around her head whilst they laughed at her. You like to think, don't you, that when you put your loved ones into a home, that they're being looked after by people who care. Quite clearly, Tracy Priestley, Sophie Hinchcliffe and Danielle Snowden couldn't care one jot about people. If I'd been the judge there, you'd have been in prison so fast, your little fat legs wouldn't have touched the ground. It's disgraceful that that's uh, that's somebody's mother, somebody's grandmother, being treated like that. It's absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. Uh, Just having a quick check... um, on uh, on this price drop, Argos. Mike says, I've caught them out a few times. They all do it. Every, every single place does it. Two for the price of one. You know, this was sold at this price some time ago, and now it's this price. They do it because they want you to spend more money. Hence the BHS store card, which was, say, for one particular lady, it was worth £40. But they said, well, you know, to use it, you've got to spend £80, another £40 on top of it. I'd have, I don't know what you'd do on something. What do you do with something like that? I don't know. I can't think of anything. The Stranded Mum. I've got to tell you this before the programme finishes. This is a sobbing mother who fell to her knees on a quayside as she and her husband watched a cruise ship set sail with their children on board. The woman who missed the boat by just minutes threw her arms in the air and cried out for the liner to stop like it's going to bother. 
It was too late, and the children, thought to be a boy aged nine and a girl of twelve, had to be cared for by crew for three days as the ship sailed from Nassau in the Bahamas back to New York. The scene was filmed by a number of passengers. It was on board the Norwegian breakaway. The unidentified couple failed to make it back in time. In other words, a right pair of idiots. Uh, because they went on an excursion, and then her husband went looking for her using a golf cart. Uh, He found her, but as they arrived in the buggy just as the ship set sail, the woman jumped from the car and ran to the edge, waving her hands and pleading for the cat like he's going to take any notice. But people filmed it, which was absolutely hilarious. They've been reunited in New York. Cruise companies, as you know, have strict rules about people. You know, you go off on your little excursions. The one thing you have to do is you've got to be back in 30 minutes before the ship sails. It's quite clear. It's, you know, if you're a complete idiot, which this family obviously were, you know, that's their, their problem. They're the idiots. You know, if you seriously think they're going to hold up a cruise schedule, you know, which is tight and they really do work to tight budgets and they've got to be in certain places at certain times, otherwise they incur charges. Then if you're too stupid to know what the rules are, you don't deserve to be on the thing in the first place. But uh, we assume they were Americans. Uh, That is just about it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed. There'll be loads of things for people to talk about later on uh, LBC. I think I think the ones that uh, people are going to go for. I think uh, is going to be the wrap for the two white nursery uh, and also the hospitals still brace for five days of A&E chaos. I think that one will appeal to people. Uh, and Tom Daly's Olympic costume, or as we prefer to call it, just a very small piece of material. Um, there's the, uh, the foul mouth care staff, uh, Katie Price in Furing Animal Lovers, painting a horse pink. I think, actually, that's something for the RSPCA to get involved with. It really is. And uh, and Savage by the Watchdogs, as does Price Trick. And four becomes three. Mel C, out of the Spice Girls reunion. Have a fantastic Thursday. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll have some clips of our guests this weekend. Johnny Vegas, Sir Jackie Stewart and his son Mark about this new film, The Last Man on the Moon. You can listen to LBC whenever you want. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven, it's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. But next, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC with Steve Allen.